Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're rocking with the most awesomest. The Carl Nelson Show. And good morning, Wake Up Squad, and thanks to, welcome to Wednesday. Thanks for starting your day with us again. It's hump day all across America, a cold one too for many places. Later, Doctor of Clinical Psychology, Jerome Fox, will be in our classroom. Doctor Fox is the author of the best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, A Shame-Based Alliance. Now, Doctor Fox contends there are five core white values that many blacks are addicted to, which in turn result in white domination. But before we hear from Doctor Fox, DC-based activist, Doctor Kakai Patterson will preview an event for freedom fighter Seku Adinga. But to get us started, LA's brother Skia is here. Good morning, brother Skia. Salam alaikum. How are you feeling early this morning? Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam, my brother. We're cold here. You know, it's sort of Kevin. It's 24 degrees out in Washington, D.C. this morning. What's it like out in L.A.? Oh, man, I thought I was cold. My furnace is. Uh... For some reason or another, maybe I got a shortage in my thermostat, but I've got like 67 uh, degrees, and I'm I'm cold, brother. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the 24 feels like, but I'm cold. It's 67. <laughs> well, that's pretty nice, man, 67 degrees. But anyway, let's let's get this party started, uh, brother, brother Scale. Let, let's talk about the young people, because you work with a lot of these young fellas and young sisters as well and just hang out with them, and, and they— you know, they have different ideas of what's what's going on in the world. What are they talking about? Because you're in their chat rooms and you're having these conversations. What are their concerns these days? Um, mostly they're talking about uh, uh, some uh, having sidebar conversations about the election. But mostly what they've been talking about in the last month is all these false allegations against men. And most of the channels I hang out is men channels. And they do have women pop in. Um, frequently, but mostly that's what they've been talking about. Um, for the last month, they still, they're still talking about the marriage laws in America and they're talking about they would rather uh, vote um, for Trump than Biden due to the fact they don't think Biden has their best interests. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why they're saying what they're saying, and I really do give them a lot of questions. So any one of them topics you want to talk about, I'd be right. more than happy. Let's, let's start with politics, because they're not the only ones. Many of the young people across the border are, are, are not feeling Biden straight up, and some not feeling Trump either. You know, they're saying they're both too old, and then they blame part of their, their policies on, on the immigration and for, for Biden and, and, and what's going on in Gaza. What are they saying why they dislike? Like uh, Joe Biden, our, our young black brothers, what are they saying? They say he just, I mean, believe it or not, some of these brothers have uh, older people they talk to and they talk about his policies as far as the street strikes and some of the things he said in the past. And they just say they don't think he's aware of what he's doing in that White House. They say they think he's way too old. And and it's not just much of his uh, his health; it's 
he just in the middle of a sentence, just stop and say, forget about it and move over to something else. So they don't think he's all there. That's yeah. one of the reasons. And uh, the second reason is these brothers that probably, I would say from like 18 to about 35 or even 40s, they're just looking at a different time. And they were just saying that they don't think the Democrat Party has their best interests. And they're not fooled on the Republican Party, but they say they can get more from the Republican Party than they can get from the Democrat Party. And that's their mindset. They are totally against uh, abortion. Um, they think the marriage laws need to be corrected in the United States. And they, integration. This is one of the things that uh, I speak to a lot of truckers, and the truckers are speaking on that some of the things that people are able to do from the, our borders by driving trucks in, when they first started off, they started off, I think they can go into like 50 or 100 miles. Now they can go all over the United States. So they're just tied up with, they, they're just tied up the uh, Democratic Party because they don't think they they have their best interests. And what right. they I'm glad you mentioned the truckers. I haven't shouted them out in a while because we got a lot of folks who listen to us on the roads after COVID. They had shut down, and now they're back on the road. So shout out, shout out to the truckers. Every now and then they, they you know, call in or send us a, a text when they we're on the road. But, yeah, those are legitimate concerns for, for them and not only just young black men as you deal with, but for, for across the board. But they see Trump as being younger, smarter, fitter, you know, in comparison to uh, to Biden, or is he just solely on policy issues? Um, they see him as a businessman. And they look at this country now as a business. And they look at this country as a corporation, really. And they say that if you go have a corporation, not, why not have a businessman to run it? That's not the only thing, too. Well, hold the thought right there. If they looked at all these failed businesses, Trump's got a history of, of businesses that have failed. If, if you if you want to, you know, use a use a successful business person as an example, Trump's Trump's not the one. You know, they should know that. And I hope they're listening. Well, all they got to do is research it. Yeah, uh, but they what they say is that he's a smart businessman. He takes uh, advantage of laws and loopholes, and even though most people would see him as a failed businessman, then he he does a lot of reset as no other than other companies that go in do downsizing, and they say they just like the way they as first work and the economy was when he was in the White House versus uh, uh, Biden being in the White House. And, and, and there's another thing, too. And this is what the n young generation is really having a hard time with the older generation. The younger generation are tired of older people, uh, the boomers, the, uh, uh, the ones that come before them and after them, telling them who they can vote for and telling them who they're supposed to like it's just because you dislike them. Because they consider Trump as a man's man. They don't consider uh, Trump as a person who's going to go out there and rally for black people. But what they do see in him, that he have had allegations against him. And they think they can get, they, they think he understands them a lot more 
then there's somebody who's simping. That's the word they use, simping for women. And they say it's well, not well, wait, wait, hold, hold, simping, what, what do they mean by that? Simping for women is a way to say that old people had relationship that is almost like uh, how the term they use, they say. They say a happy wife is a happy home. Why hasn't it never been a happy husband, a happy home? We always simp to what a woman feels and not what the man feels. He has to go out there and slay the dragons. He has to <clears throat> has to be the leader and the protector. Why is it always infancy on women and not men? You got the magic girls and this and that. And so they are tired of being beat up. That's the way they feel, Mr. Nelson that they're being beat up through the media, through the classroom for just being a male, and they think they can get a lot more from Trump because they consider him a man's man, and even though he might be white and might have had some spectacle of things back in his history as far as treatment of black people, but he they, they, they go where he has to be man first. So they don't they don't care ten after the, the our, uh, brother is scared. So they don't care if, if Trump says he doesn't like them. <laughs> He's not going to rent a home to them. He doesn't want them around. But he'll take he'll take their votes. That that doesn't matter to them at all. Right? I guess. Well, they feel like he came from a generation when people thought like that, and he have evolution in this person saying he couldn't get away with stuff like that, and they like his policy. And when I sat out and I talked to him, Mister Nelson. They spell out his policies, and I can't, I can't fight against facts. I try to. Uh, I can't tell you what's in Trump's mind, as uh, Dr. Fuller says. Uh, unless a person calls himself a racist, I can't call him a racist. You know, I can look at his behavior and say that might be biased, that could be considered racist, but until that person calls himself a racist, uh, I'm not going to be the one to go out there and hold that flag up. And they believe that I don't, they say they don't care about if he's a racist or not. They care about his policies. Right. You know, and I, and I know many of them are listening right now, and I hope they continue to listen because later Dr. Fox is going to be here. And I, and I pose these questions to Dr. Fox because this is, that's his bailiwick. Maybe he can help us out with these young people. So please, I know you're on listening to this morning. You know, continue to listen because Dr. Fox will be here and, and maybe he can answer some of those questions that you're asking and probably figure out why, uh, you know, it, it, despite all the evidence this, that somebody dislikes you, doesn't want you, doesn't care for you that you you were loving them they they wouldn't do that they 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 dislike they have a, a, a they still, do they still have this dislike for black women as well well this is where a lot of this stuff is coming from they think uh they think um um which they think the marriage laws are antiquated and they old and and they protect the women and they believe if they get married they they think is how do I lose half of my half of my things just because I say I do, and a woman uh, women are the leading who goes down to the court courtroom. Eighty percent of divorces are filed by women. So this younger generation is looking at, believe it or not, Mister Nelson is resetting. They're resetting the mindset. They think. People like me and you are simps. We placated to women. 
Uh, we let women get away with a lot of things that uh, was not in our best interest. They think that we simp towards them, making them happy and not making ourselves happy. Uh, and then she can get up and go anytime she wants to. And she would take half of his or uh, uh, his assets. So, you know, when you start to get in with these young people and then you want to bring like the years I came by, I was born in the 50s. And so when I try to bring these things and they're like, you're not going to sign me. You're going to have to listen to me. So I stopped going in with the bullhorn and start listening to these young people and what their gripes was. And some of them are very legitimate gripes. And I had to change some of the ways I thought about some of the ways they handled the problem. I just don't like their approach. Uh, they're so angry that... Well, hold that thought right there, Brother Eskia. we got to take a quick break. When you come back, tell us why they are angry. Folks, you want to join this conversation? Your Brother Eskia calling us from Los Angeles this morning. Reach out to us. 800-450-7876. Trying to discuss what our young people are all about. They have different views, different values, uh, different hopes, different dreams than we had. And that's natural. But the reasons why, that's that's some, some sort of a concern. What are your thoughts? It's 14 after the top. Yeah, I'll be back in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning again, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with Brother Skia calling us from L.A. He works with a lot of our young people in their chat rooms, having conversations with them on a daily basis. And he finds it astounding that many of them have different views than what we have, politically, socially as well. And he also talked about many of them are angry. But before we get to, to why they're angry, uh, Brother Skia, Johnny's calling from Long Beach on line two, and he has a question for you. Good morning, Johnny. Hey. Yes, sir. Let me take my call. A S A L S E. Um, what it is, man? Young brothers, young brothers, they don't understand what democracy is, okay? And and I I got into the discussion with a younger brother, and I was asking him, I said, "What is it that the Republican Party, we think the Republican Party is going to do for you? And then what is it that you want the Democratic Party to do for you? You ask, you tell them what you want. See, you know, you know, it's like." What it is, man, they, they're involved with this stuff on YouTube, okay? And they got these people out on YouTube, man, that the Republicans Republic are paying, okay? Because there was a young brother, he, he admitted it. It's like because they wanted him to say something, he said, I'm not going to do that, okay? And what I'm saying is, like, if, when they don't understand, they don't understand what they're doing, man. They're going to they're gonna have their people to slaughter because Trump already said he's going to, you know, forget the Constitution. And I heard a white woman on Karen Hunter's show, okay, and she said, what these people are planning on doing, they got people who are going to go into the inner city inner city, and start rounding black people, you know, youngsters up, okay, that are causing problems. These fellas these don't understand what, what, what's given, what Trump tried to do to this country, man. He tried to overthrow this country. He had this, he, if, if Pence would have went along with, with what he tried to do, We've been, this this country's been looking a whole lot different than what it is right now, man. And these young brothers don't know what's going on, and they want to keep on blaming Joe Biden about that crime bill, but they don't understand the Black Caucus voted for it too. Not only that, a lot of black people wanted that that bill to be passed, and, and a lot you know, and the crime came down fifty percent. 
What these young brothers, these young brothers, and, and I, I would like to know, what do they think the Republicans going to do for them? Okay. Uh, uh, with all due respect, my brother, I would highly disagree with you if these brothers understand or not. I spent anywhere between six hours some days up to eight hours because I run my own business out of my house. Um, and I'm, I'm in not only in the chat room, I'm on panels. And some of these brothers are some of the most smartest brothers I ever ran into in my life. And just because they disagree with you don't mean they don't understand. And we got to get to see, this is where the disconnect comes in. If we come in the room firing off our, uh, our rifle like that, then you're never going to have the conversation. And that's the way I used to do. When I first started coming into these panels, I would fire off rifles like that. And then they would just not hear me because they don't believe if you don't know what I know, then what, how are you going to tell me what I don't know? These brothers listen to Dr. Claude Anderson, um, our sister, our brothers, Minister Farrakhan. They listen to all of these people. Uh, sister Cheryl Lee, you'll be surprised of the consciousness of the material that these brothers read. And that's how they're able to come up with, uh, to know the difference between what they want and what we wanted. And so I talked to these brothers. They they have no hidden secret that they thinking Trump no, I, is I, loving them. They have I, no I, hidden I, secret. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I think I think you took you know what I said. The, the passion I'm the passion that I'm expressing right now, it's not. I, if I was talking to a youngster, I wouldn't use the, the passion that I'm using now to talk to that, the youngster. Okay, and and and, yes, I, and I have talked to people who the black people support Trump. I just ask, I'm asking I, I ask questions to see what is it about Trump. And it's like, and do you know that what he tried when, when the, 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 uh, uh, the um. Central Park, Central, uh, Central Park Five, that ad that he put into the paper. It's like you know, Trump. Trump is the type of type of uh, a bigot man. It's like he 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 makes people think that that uh, he's cool with you, and behind closed doors. He's an opportunist. He's an opportunist, and they're not fooled by that. But what they're saying is, what have the Democrats? You just said the uh, he wasn't the own Biden wasn't the only one who voted for that bill. But I guarantee you who all voted for that bill of that black caucus, I guarantee you 99% of them was Democrats. And that's the problem they're having. If do the so let me jump in here. It's not necessarily the, the problem they have with Trump. It is the problem they have with Democratic policies, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, okay. that's exactly what I'm saying. And they're saying is 
We can't keep giving Democrats our vote who don't move in our best interest. And I'm telling you, they have stacks and stacks of evidence to show when you have this discussion with them, you have to really go in there and be on your P's and Q's because you just can't go in there what the big three might be saying about Trump or what we might feel about him personally. They go by policies, what the Democrats is doing. They're saying, why not try anything different? Because we've been taught to hate the Republican Party, which we used to be a part of that Republican Party before we switched over. And they're saying, what has the Democrat did for us as far as moving us as a whole of people? Right. And, and, and that's fair. But, you know, I think what Johnny is alluding to, too, the fact that Donald Trump says, you know, when, when he gets back in the White House, that's what he says, that he's going to use the military to, to put down the, the crime in Baltimore, L.A., uh, Chicago, New York. And we know what that means. That's a dog whistle. We know what he, exactly what he means when he says he's going to use the military. He says, because these are going to quote unquote democratic cities have failed. So I think that's what Johnny was, was trying to refer to that if they understand what Trump is planning to do, if they, they aren't here, his plans. But I got a, 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 a a tweet for you, uh, Brother Skid. Tweeter says they probably are not registered voters anyway. If they have those issues with putting the blame on someone else, are they registered voters? Do you know? Um, uh, see, this is where the <laughs> see. This is why I say people from my generation, the Boomers, we gonna have to engage with these younger people because they are they are free future. And this is where we're misled that these people are not, uh, they're not up on what they're speaking on. I, I, I'm not speaking to people who just hang out on the corners. I'm speaking to people who have seminars. I'm speaking to people who write books. I'm speaking to people, I'm talking about young people who are out there, who are making their voices uh, felt over the YouTube and all over YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, everything, they're having 24-hour discussions over the Internet. Something, the same way Obama used the Internet when he ran for president, these brothers are using their voices, and they're not just coming in with a lot of rhetoric. They're not just coming in with a lot of this and that. They are actually bringing proof uh, for the way they feel and where they're trying to move. And a lot of these brothers, not only are they uh, they uh, registered to vote, but they are uh, raving up for channels to deal with nothing but political, because they just hate the way that uh, we are we are always used as a tool in the political arena. Arena that the Democrat just feel like every four years. We are 100% go vote for them. And they're tired of uh, the Democrats using us as just stepping stones. And then, and, and, and especially in the time that we are in now, that they want to use a bargain. They go set out a plan and say, this is what we want. And you believe it or not, these brothers heard Dr. Claude Anderson when he say he sent in reports to, I'm mean, saying sent in a whole paper to Obama, and he heard when these brothers are listening, they're keeping their ears open. 
they're not just coming out here and just speaking and, and, and kicking dust. There are these some of these brothers uh, can get bookshelves with all these uh, 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 elders, uh, 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 elders who did great research. Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, here, Dr. Uh, Clark, uh, you know, they know about mm-hmm. all these these people. Uh, hold that thought right there. We've got a bunch of folks who want to talk to you in tweets as well. 30 minutes after the top of the hour, let's take another call. Let's go to line three. Sister Sarita's reaching out to us. Good morning, Sister Sarita. Good morning, Carl, and thank you for taking my call, and good morning to your guests. I want to touch on, and real quickly, I'll get in and get out, but um, you were saying how the young folks, are, the younger uh, males, are um, talking about how they feel like women are the um, the focus. Um, I, I'm trying to understand under a patriotic umbrella how could they how could they feel like that? Like I, I I don't that one went over my head. I would like to get more insight on that. But also um, w- w- because statistically, when you look at um, even with jail time of let's say murdering a significant other, be it husband or or uh, boyfriend, women get more time regarding that. But then you you said something about they were saying they're tired of folks focusing on women. If we look at history, the focus has never been on women. So I don't understand that. Um, so I would like to, like to have that uh, more detail with that. But I, I'm I'm trying to figure out if there were you say that they listened to Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Claude Anderson, um, from what I've heard or what I understand is that we we shouldn't be voting for neither party. So if they're listening, they're not listening good enough. And no, I'm I'm like the brother who said, I'm not looking to shoot a bullet. I want to engage with young folks, but also they need to be open to listen. Um, yes, we as boomers and Gen X's and further along, but but also I do believe that um, as as their elders, uh, we need to accept accountability on our end as well. And so I'll take my comments off the air. Thank you, Carl. All right. Thank you, Sister Sarita. And Brother Esky, we're coming up on a break, so I'll let you respond. I'm glad you called in so you get a female perspective. Uh, I'll let you respond to what Sister Sarita said, because obviously they don't, they're they not feeling Sister Sarita as, as long as we're the Democrats as well. Family, you want to join this conversation with Brother Esky, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. I mentioned we've got to step aside, get caught up on our first look at the news, traffic and weather in our different cities. But we'll be back in four minutes with Brother Esky and your phone calls and your comments right here in Baltimore on 1010. WOLB, also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour with Brother Scare joining us from L.A. Brother Scare filling us in what our young people are thinking these days, especially the young brothers. And, uh, you know, it's like we're living in a parallel universe. We're there, they're in their homes, or there are children, but they think differently, socially and politically. And and this is what Brother Ski is talking about. Before we go back to, let me just remind you, we'll probably pick up this conversation with our our guest later this morning, would be Doctor of Clinical Psychology, Jerome Fox. You know him from his best-selling book, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, A Shame-Based Alliance. But before we hear from Dr. Fox, D.C.-based activist, Dr. Kakoi Patterson will 
preview of an uh, event for Freedom Fighter, Sekou Adinga. And tomorrow, Chairman Fred Hampton will be here, along with marketing expert Overton Wilkins, and also therapist Vicky, uh, Vicky Hader will be here as well. So maybe we will touch on that with therapist Vicky Hader, what's going on with our young people. 800-450-7876. Brother Skia, uh, I'll let you respond to uh, Sister Sarita's uh, questions about you know what, what they feel about women and, and the other issues. And she asked some good questions, Mr. Nelson, and I'm going to open up a can of worms because this is what I have to deal with every day I go on one of these panels. And this is the gripes they have with black women. Um, They have a group of brothers that call themselves the Passport Brothers. These are brothers who go outside the country and try to find them a desirable wife. Um. They can go anywhere from the islands to Africa or whatever. Um, these are the gripes they have with black women here. Now, the false hair, the false eyelashes, the overweight, the nasty attitude. Um, this is mainly. Yeah, let me jump in here and defend the sisters. That's sort of subjective. What are, what are, they, are they all look like Denzel? No, 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 <laughs> M- M- Mr. Nelson. I uh-huh. bring that up all, R- Mr. Nelson. I bring that up all the time, but this is the other side of that question. Um, the brothers mostly I deal with uh, on these um, internet sites. Uh, uh-huh. They can be brothers from sixty thousand dollars up to six figure brothers. All right, these brothers own their own homes. Uh, they, a lot of them been in the military, or even they are still in the military. And they travel the world, so they just don't get a one-sided story. And this is what makes my task so hard. Because when they are talking about these things, they say there's a double standard. And that's what I wanted to go into what the young lady was talking about. The United States offer a double standard, not just for black women, but women in general. A woman can tell you everything they want in a man. Six feet tall, six figures, uh, leader. Uh, and everything else, protector and everything else. But when men start to put their demands on women, they want you to be in shape. They want you to get off all that false stuff you're wearing over your head. They want you to dress decent in the street, and they want you to respect them. And these are the demands when they tell women that, then women go into their feelings and their emotions and say, well, you got to accept me the way I am. You can't do that. You know, you can kick rocks. And see, these are the problems that these brothers are, uh, are speaking on, just like I say, 24-7, that double standard that they see. Now, do I agree along with everything they say? No, I'm there. They call me Captain. I can't even say the word. But, um, but I'm there to listen. I'm there to give my input. But I can't deny some of the things that the brothers do talk about that you can't see just opening your eyes. Um, this loose, loosely dressed, they even speak uh, on crime. They hate the crime in and in, 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 in the community. Um, some of these brothers, are, they go to Atlanta, have these conventions where they have like 100 men in suits. They have brothers they are training into this AI and all these. These brothers are on the move. I right, just, right. Oh, let me jump in and ask again. And, and they're not gay, right? They're not homosexuals. They're, no, they're, they're, well, they're just like women, but they're not no gay. Purpose. 
Miss Nelson, I'm pretty sure there's some 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 brothers probably in every one of the panels I've been in probably paint their feet the toenails. But I, you know, I have not to get involved with that. I don't have those kind of discussions with them. But what I do have a discussion with these brothers is what are their concerns when it comes down to relationships and mostly what they talk about, women lead the divorce rate 80 percent and they can take half of your wealth. And then they say they say to themselves, why is it beneficial for me to even think about marrying a woman? And they're not just talking about black women. They're talking about just the culture in America. The American women. women to be. Yeah. American women. Okay. But hold that thought right there, because it's 15 away from the top. Then we've got some folks who want to talk to you, Brother Ski, and also got some tweet questions for you. Brother Haki's calling us. He's on line four. He's in Baltimore. Good morning, Brother Haki. We're on with Brother Askia. Yes, uh, greetings, and greetings to you, Brother Askia. It's good to hear you uh, always. Um, well, um, you know, I, 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 I'm online, and, you know, I, I do listen to some of these different different uh, conversations and you know, some, sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, like, when are, you know, people going to engage in some practical, uh, you know, solutions? And what I mean by that, for instance, and for quite some time, uh, you know, being here in the DMV area, uh, many uh, black people here, for, or Baltimore, D.C., we're, we're, we're politically, you know, astute and connected on some levels. And so... And, you know, for those that actually do read, like you said, the, the brothers that read these different books, um, you know, we, we, we are able to develop what's the difference between theory and practice. And for quite some time, I've, you know, inquired, for instance, um, you know, in, in particular groups like when are uh, uh, some of these groups going to have, even, for instance, like when you have the Congressional Black Caucus weekend, like an opportunity where, um, you know, if someone had a you know, organized black, you know, con- uh, constituency, uh, when will individuals mobilize their forces there for that weekend in D.C.? And it doesn't take much to be aware of that. And, and most of these people, I know, they, they know that this is Right. And Brother Hockey, do us a favor and put, so, put so, in so, a, a so, question yeah. for them. So we have a bunch of folks uh, who want to get to Eskia. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, that's that's sort of my question. Like, when are you know individuals going to show up and actually have something practically done uh, to advance our cause? So, thank you. That's all I have to say. Thank you. All right, thanks, brother Akia. So, so brother, um, I mean, brother Haki, brother Haki wants to know: do, do they do they talk about getting involved in, in conventional politics, like joining the, the NAACP or, or the Congressional Black Caucus, or running for office? Do they go in there? If since they want to change, is what brother Haki is saying. Since they want to change, do they get involved in making a change, or do they just sit on the sidelines and complain? Um, <clears throat> some of these brothers actually do run for office. Uh, when they have these conventions, uh, they're very heavy into coding and teaching brothers how to code. <clears throat> Excuse me. These brothers are, what what they're doing as far as, as a unit, they are trying to get brothers together to first look at themselves, to understand the value of themselves, understand who are, who they are, what they are, and what they're supposed to be representing. And they do that 
from a financial, educational, political. Some of these uh, some of these brothers are totally political, Stu. I mean, as far as knowing how policies are made, um, and 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 as you as I've been in this space, it started off as a baby, but you got some brothers out there, and 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 don't get me wrong, Mister Nelson. Some of these brothers are actually married to black women who gets on there on their channels and champion what they're saying. And and and, they go and, and let me jump in. And all of them were birthed by a black woman. So they feel that way about their mamas? Oh, they are number one <laughs> to tell you some of the bad things their mother did. You know, uh, I mean, you'd be surprised. See, that's what I'm saying. The difference between our generation and their generation, they don't have no problem um, telling their mothers the shortcomings because they believe that, uh, let's just deal with the single mother, and you'll see what I'm talking about. They believe when a single mother raised somebody who turns out to be a champion, to be a, a great person and everything else, she get all the accolades for what she did as a single mother. But if she turned out Pookie and Ray Ray, then she wants to blame the father for not being in the child's life. Now, how could she get to reap the rewards for being this great mother, super mom, when she was a single mother? But on the other hand, when she turned out something is not as good as um, um, the champion, then she blames the father, and that's where that double standing is. So I'm just telling you, they have a lot of backwards and forwards conversation. Yes, they do hold their mothers responsible and accountable for the shortcoming because they think the mothers are raising their sons to be feminine. And that's why they believe a lot of women are masculine and the guys are feminine. So, yeah. That yeah, but neither. But on. they don't claim to be effeminate, though. They, they, their mothers reared them, and they didn't come out like sissies, pardon me, the expression. But anyway, let's move because we're right racing the clock, and and Jason wants to talk to you. Jason's calling from Philly on line two. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. This is Jason Wells, brother Jay Speed. What's going on? Um, hey, you got it, Jason. Hey, listen, a right here, Carl. Hey, listen, I'm combating this stuff with Jay Speed. He is on point. Um, I mean, Carl Nelson, you talk about are they into politics? They're into every area of activity right now, you know, and they are, it's, it's just, it's not cut and dry the way they, they, they put it. Cause I used to be, a, I used to be a supporter of the black manosphere, but I withdrew my support because I've seen a lot of funny things in the group that, you know, it was, a, it was, it's, it's more like, you know, being sexually frustrated of not getting the girls that you wanted when you were young and now they've grown up and they had kids, and now they're trying to come back to the table and have high demands. So these are their gripes. But it's not so cut and dry because in the black community, we have a lot, we're faced with a lot of trauma, systematic issues, and stuff like that. But when you want to, um, if you want to talk about the politics aspect, that 20% of the vote going up is because of these platforms. These are big platforms. J Speed is not telling no tales to you. Now, I know you're probably a part of the mainstream media, but if you think that this, these are robots, these are some guys with first-class equipment. I mean, they got radio, they got probably better radio station equipment. 
I mean, they got a larger audience. Most of these guys are 300,000 subscribers, sometimes a million. I mean, and it's not just the men. You got women on the other side. They just kicked the woman off of YouTube for, um, um, she was, um, pancake, um, running the pancake of, um, Right. And Jason, hold that thought right there because we're going to take a, a, a quick break here. And, and to be honest, with you, I'm not impressed with if, if subscribers. You can buy subscribers on, on the oh, internet. Oh, yeah, everybody oh, knows oh, that. Oh, but oh, hold oh, that oh. thought right there. We'll come back, though. We've got to take a quick break. We'll check the traffic and weather in our different cities and also the news. I'll let you finish your thought on the other side. Folks, you want to join this conversation with Brother Askia? Reach out to us at 800 450 7876. Calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 9. 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Minute after the top of the hour with uh, Brother SK and Brother Jason calling from Philly. Momentarily, we're going to speak with Dr. Kakai Patterson and Sister Aisha is going to join us as well. We're going to talk about uh, a freedom fighter, Seku Adingo. But let's wrap up with Jason in Philly. Jason, I wish you had called earlier, but I'm going to let you finish your thought. Go ahead, Jason. Yes, yes. We So we have we have a, a very big problem. And I know Carl Nelson, you're in the mainstream media, but this thing is... This thing is growing and it's grown big than y'all expected. Because if you look at the politics of things, the way the shift in politics, this space has a lot to do with it. And it's not just men, it's women too on the other side saying, you know, do away with black men. You know, if you have, if you know you're having a. a wait, black wait, black, baby, black women are saying do away with, with black men as well? Yeah, on the other yes, side. Yes, yes Carl. Get rid wow. of the babies if it's a boy. Get rid of the baby if it's a boy, specifically black boys. Don't have any more black boys. They ain't worth nothing. They ain't going to produce nothing. They ain't, they ain't got Man, nothing. They ain't got nothing to contribute to the world. And no matter Jason, how that's distressing. <laughs> I'm so, I wish you had called earlier. But this is, and this I know, is so... And I'm, Carl Nelson, Go ahead. I'm going to cut it short, though. Uh-huh. But to make it sh- short and simple is that I got kicked off a panel last night because I was saying, what are we gaining from this? A, a couple of bucks in your pocket while the masses of people are still doing bad because if they have any real solutions, what, what, what else can you make money off of? Can you show your skill in anything else that's constructive instead of non-constructive behavior between black male and female going back and forth with each other on the internet or multi-platforms. I mean, this is not just YouTube. This is Clubhouse, yeah. Twitter Space, and um, Instagram, any other social media platform that's out there. There's a female and male war, specifically in the black community, where, wow. it's, where it's being more You know what? Next time we, with, with Brothers Kia comes on, Jason, make sure he gets you to come on and get come on early so we can really uh, thrash this brother, out. Brother Ski is my brother. I love that. Okay. Brother. All right. Brother J. Speed, you know I love you, man. And I, and I yes, thank sir. you for bringing this to the forefront because you're doing all you can. And you're only one man. And we need more like you. All righty. Thanks, Jason. Brother Skia. Thank you. Yes. You know, uh, let me just read some of the tweets that I got because there's a bunch of tweets for you. People saying one who goes, now I get what they want to vote for Republican control. They want to control women's bodies. They don't like they don't take and they don't take care of babies. They sound like Kevin Samuels minions. One other tweet says they're probably not registered voters anyway. If they have those issues, they're putting the blame on someone else. Another one says, do they know what the Republicans are uh, blocking the policy that is good for black people like the George Floyd bill, reparations, health care, college debt? 
of police accountability. It goes on and on. So those are that, that's the kind of issues that came out. And you said they're listening. I hope they're listening. I hope they'll continue to listen because uh, Dr. Fox is going to be on. And we're going to ask him some of those questions. And tomorrow also, I hope she's listening, a therapist, uh, Vicki Hader. And let her address on it because she says many of the problems in our community, we haven't addressed the trauma. We still haven't addressed the trauma that came through the middle passage and passed down through us. So maybe we'll, we'll get in with that. So hopefully these young brothers uh, and sisters will be listening tomorrow. I hope um, the next time we get together that I would have just a little bit more time because Dr. Umar was on that panel with these brothers and sisters who was talking about deleting brothers as babies. And so this thing is serious. Uh, there are channels that get 10,000 people a night live. YouTube is no fool. They have agents, so they know when something is real, when it's not real. So for us older boomers and people who believe that these people are just talking, you are behind the curve because this is serious. And it's been going on for a while. And most media, radio station, TV station, all are going on the same platform on YouTube because just regular radio and TV is down on all the markets and YouTube is up. And so y'all better take this serious. I'm there to give a voice to try to give some kind of balance to this, but don't take these people. Don't take these young people for granted. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Gotcha, Brother Ski. And thank you. And thank you for, you know, uh, uh, alerting them so they're listening this morning and then tell them to keep on listening because Dr. Fox is going to be here. Also, tomorrow, therapist Vicki Hader is going to be here. So address some of those issues. And, and if they're brave enough to have them to call in and, and, and you know, question the, these scholars, these, these professionals about their ideas. But thank you again. And we'll continue this discussion because I know that's what you do. You, you patrol these, uh, these and take part in these discussions with our young people. But thank you again, Brother Ski. Yes, sir. Peace, All right, that's love, and always strive for the truth. Yes, sir. As Brother Skia calls from Los Angeles. Uh, five after the top of the hour, Dr. Kakai Patterson, good morning. Dr. Patterson's on line six. Dr. Patterson? Hello. Yes. Oh, there he is. Hello. Good morning, sir. Yes. Good morning. How are you, brother? We're excellent. Just having this, uh, I don't know how much of the discussion you heard about the, the thoughts of our young people, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of distressing, man, because I know yeah. I, I know what you went through coming up like we went through and uh, working mm-hmm. with with the, with the Panthers, what, the, striving for change, you know, and, and we got out there, our generation and made change, you know, yes, with this did. generation, they sit on the side on the Internet. And that's, that's where they, they, they live and, and, and just, you know, just, just complain a lot. But hopefully they're still listening. But anyway, let's kick that to the side you know, and let's get talking about what you want to talk about. Uh, Freedom fighter Sekou Adinga. Yes, sir. 
Absolutely. I um, had uh, uh, asked uh, Sister Aisha Bondelli and uh, Brother Bilal Sunni Ali to join us this morning. I don't know if they're on. Right. Yeah, they're both uh, on. Sister Aisha's here. Oh, great. Good morning. And, and, and Brother Bobby Ali is with us. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much. Good morning. Yes. yes. Let me uh, let me first say, uh, call uh, what the brother just got finished saying towards the end that, uh, you know, we have to really step up. A lot of the OGs and a lot of the brothers who uh, have a little age under their belt have been compromised also. Uh, so we just got to keep the work going. Uh, you know, I work with Ceasefire, Don't Smoke the Brothers and Sisters here in Washington, D.C., and we're dealing with, you know, young people being murdered. I got a call last night uh, from a young lady I work with, and her son, 17 years old, got locked up uh, for murder, uh, defending himself. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of real, real loose uh, out there. I was sharing. Uh, that back in the 60s and the 70s, the young people between the ages of 13 and 18 uh, were always involved in some kind of social activities. Uh, the oldest panther may have been 30 years old, and they were old OG. Uh, but so the young people now have nothing uh, really to latch on to, like you said. So uh, it's up to, That's a good you know, point. Uh, to get back out there. Yeah, Right. That's an excellent point. We were always involved in something growing up, and, and, and the Internet has changed it, you know, Absolutely. as well. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. but uh, Sister Aisha, good morning. Good morning. Oh, no, it's Asha. Asha, I'm sorry. Sister Asha, Sister Asha, can you give us some background on Brother Sekou? So, um, let me say this first. Uh, you know, I'm his goddaughter, so I'm not, I was asked to be here by his uh, wife and brother Kokai, so I don't want to give me a space, not mine. But, um, uh, Brother Brother Sekou is uh, the founding, co-founding member of the Harlem chapter, Harlem Bronx chapter of the Black Panther Party, co-founder of the Black Liberation Army. And uh, those who know him, uh, know him for probably one of the greatest acts in the last half of the 20th century, revolutionary acts. And that was, he, you know, he walked into Clinton Women's Prison in New Jersey and liberated Asada Shakur. But there are so many other um, incredible things that he did for so long, building the international section out in Algeria of the party. Um, he's a father, um, husband, godfather, uh, leader to so many, and a humble, a humble leader. This is really, really funny. You know, he's not too humble about anything else. Knows how good looking he is. Knows all that. But when it comes to his work. He's done more than most and takes um, the least credit. He's now in the hospital. Uh, well, he's not, not in the hospital anymore. He's in a subacute rehabilitation center because he became very sick with an infection. And um, we almost lost him on September 3rd. Um, and so he had to undergo back surgery. And so we're on a long, long road up a mountain to get him back to where he was. We don't expect that he'll be home uh, probably for the next at least three months. But but we are in a, a much, much, much less dire situation um, than we've been. He's exceptionally strong. Um, and also strong are the women, young and old, who have been surrounded him. The community has, has been with him Every moment, he's never, uh, we never leave him alone. He's never vulnerable. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every second of every day. 
since September 3rd. And um, I couldn't, you know, I have to react a little bit to the last uh, comments that were made um, because I do engage with people across the generations. I'm probably the bridge generation. And um, I think what I, you know, I can't say what like crazy is about this thing, um, but the people who are serious, um, they build movements like the Black Lives Matter movement. And that was powered by mostly black women, queer women at that, where they want to end the toxic masculinity. But um, they love men, physically and otherwise. And, um, and I've never heard anybody, um, ever, in any sort of group. I'm not talking about the exceptions, but the rule so we want to get rid of black men. I've watched them put their bodies on the line for black men, whether it was Michael Brown, whether it was Trayvon Martin, whether it was George Floyd, Eric Gardner. Uh, I think, you know, it goes to uh, uh, Rice, right? The ninth anniversary of his murder was um, on the 22nd. You know, so I just don't find that to be true. And likewise, it is largely women who are ensuring um, my bata, so closing her. Not solely. It's we're working together. But um, it just didn't resonate. And forgive me, I've taken up too much time. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> 12 minutes after the top there. We'll come up on a break. But Baba Ali, uh, good morning. Good morning. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum, my brother. You founded the, the Black Panther Party in New York chapter? Is that correct? Um, yes. Well, <clears throat> as the Black Panther Party began to form, um, with members of SNCC and members of the Black Panther Party that was also already forming in other parts of the world, I was one of the first ones to um, I was one of the first ones to come aboard and and begin recruiting for the begin recruiting for the um, for that for that for that chapter and being recruited is is a difference between actually founding the chapter because they we, we went for several months four or five, maybe six months um, recruiting industry. Um, Sekou Odinga was was with me as a part of that recruitment drive, just walking the streets and young people. I remember one night we met a group of young people who called themselves the Black Panthers. They were like 13, 14, 15 years old. And that was a, and they didn't have any reason why they called themselves the Black Panthers, but we, we immediately recruited them because they they um they said that they were they were about protecting each other and that they was walking the streets to find others like them and we we encouraged them to do that so the actually founding of the the founding of the chapter went on after we had recruited a critical mass of 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 people who were interested in belonging to a in belonging to an organization such as we were embarking on. I, I tell you what, uh, Baba Ali, hold that thought right there. We've got to take a short break. We've got to take the traffic and weather in our different cities and we come back. I want to get in more conversation with you uh, with a group about uh, Brother Seku Adinga, one of our freedom fighters. Family, you want to join this conversation, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. 
Good morning again, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Patterson. Dr. Kukoi Patterson is an activist in Washington, D.C. Many of in the DMV know Dr. Patterson, along with Sister Asha and also Baba Ali. And we're discussing a, a, an event that's going to take place, I think it's this evening, actually, for Freedom Fighter Seiku Adinga. And we're trying to, uh, in, you know, inform the family who Brother Seiku Adinga is or what he what he did, what he stood for. Um, um, Baba Ali, we were speaking before we left the break. Let me just say this, Baba Ali. Our paths may have crossed because back in the day I worked at WLIB uh, in New York, in Harlem, 125th and Lenox. When the Black Liberation Army wanted to send out any information, they'd come to the radio station and and set it out, let us set it out, because they didn't trust the other uh, mainstream media to twist what they were saying. So uh, we worked closely with them back in the day. But anyway, I'm going to let you finish your thought, then we'll speak with Dr. Patterson. Yeah, um, Brother Seku Odinga, um, before he was, before he was, um, before he became a member of the Black Panther Party, he was the leader of an organization called the Grassroots Grassroots Leadership Council, um, based in Queens, New York, and and him, myself, and another comrade of ours, Lumumba Abdul Shakur, we were greatly influenced by Lumumba Abdul Shakur's father. Um, who's known as uh, Saladin, Elhaj Saladin Shakur, who had been a member of the Nation of Islam, but at that time was functioning as a member of the Andanya Allahu Arabic Association, which is the oldest group of Africans in North America uh, practicing the Sunnah of, of Prophet Muhammad. This group is older than, older than the Nation of Islam, older than the Moorish Science Temple, and and the uh, the head of that group was a very close friend of of Lumumba's father, Hesham Hesham Jabba, who wrote who wrote a book called I Buried Malcolm, which is a very important book to get because we were understanding that we had to we had to revive the name of Malcolm X and put into practice the things that he was talking about. So that's what Sekou Odinga was chiefly de- dealing with at the time when when he and I met, and when we uh, began forming the the Black Panther Party for Self Defense in the Bronx in Harlem. That's what um, that that was our primary goal to to develop an organization which was which was based on Malcolm's philosophy and based on on and based on activity that Malcolm himself would have been involved in. All right, 23 at the top there. Dr. Patterson, fill us in. What's, what's going to take place later today for, for Brother Sekou? Uh, we're having a uh, fundraiser uh, this evening, um, uh, Zoom presentation where uh, we're going to share with the community um, the same information we're sharing with you about our brother uh, and let them know that uh, at this point now he's in need uh, of support uh, on a major scale from the community to help uh, with his healing and his recovery. He's presently uh, in a rehab center and he's doing well, uh, but we want to make sure and ensure uh, that that process is intensified by our support, our prayers, uh, and our love. Uh, Sister uh, Ashi, if you could share uh, the details, uh, if you have that. If not, I'm going to pull it on up. You know, um... Thank you for that. And also, let me just say um, peace and give my um, 
Paul wishes in watching Spider Bilal, who's also been an inspiration to me at a distance, um, albeit over the years. And thank you also, Brother Bilal, for bringing Sikhu's Queen's history into it and um, the Grassroots Advisory Council. Really, very much appreciate that. I don't have the details to, about tonight, um, Brother Kosai, other than to know, um, it's, I think it's um, about Black Power Media. At seven o'clock, um, but other than that, I'm not involved in that at all. I have it right here. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, let me pull this up. I have the flyer uh, right here. And all right, twenty-five after the top. There, our family is just joining us. Uh, I guess she's Dr. Kai Patterson with him. We got Sister Asha and also uh, Baba Ali is with us. Talking, we're talking about a freedom fighter Sekou Adinga. Most folks, I'm, I, I don't think many people know who he is or who he and what he has done. And that's why we're having this conversation and we're trying to get the uh, the family to know who he was. Because one of the things you said, Dr. Patterson, the, the issues that our young, with, with, with com- the conversation we had before with our young people because they were not mem- members of any groups they're still individuals but go ahead and, and give us that information about tonight's event yeah that's correct uh uh my um uh my comrade here is going to read that off to you go right ahead i did wednesday november 29 7 p.m live stream via youtube at black power media that is black power media b-l-a-c-k-p-o-w-e-r-m-e-d-i-a Thank you so much, Ade. Now, one last uh, thing, uh, call. Again, it's so important for all of the OGs, all of the elders out there in the community to grab a young person. We initiated uh, a 2000 mentors program here in Washington, D.C., um, and we're going around just recruiting brothers uh, to work with these young people in the community. Uh, we're having um, a program at uh, uh, Mayor uh, Barry's uh, grave site on December the 1st. Uh, and we're asking all of the OGs to come out and celebrate with us because Mayor Burry would employ twenty to 30,000 young people every summer. And that actually cleared the streets almost, and that's where we need to be. Our mayor here is only doing maybe a 1,000 summer jobs when we got all these young people in the streets. So please call our mayor here in Washington, D.C., and all the mayors in all the cities and have them put together a stronger youth movement uh, and get some jobs for these young people out here. All right. At uh, 20 cent at the top, let me go to Baba Ali and talk about uh, uh, freedom fighters, Sekou Odinga. He he worked with the Panthers, the Black Liberation Army. Who, what else groups did he work with? Because, you know, back then, a lot of folks who had that mindset worked probably with the Nation of Islam. All these freedom, these resistance groups, as I like to call them, they all, you know, worked sometimes simultaneously. Sometimes they shift and go into another group. Can you explain that that dynamic for us? Because, you know, like uh, uh, Dr. Patterson said earlier, some of the issues with our young people, why they think differently from us, because they don't, they don't, they don't have, they're not a part of any group. But go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you explain that. One of the things that, um, one of the groups that we both belong to, him, myself, and many other people who joined the Panther Party, was the Republic of New Africa. The Provisional Government of the Republic of New Africa was founded in 1968 in Detroit. And we had already founded the Black Panther Party. The, the position of the, of the Provisional Government of the Republic of New Africa was that we as a people constituted a nation and that we, and we, and we designated a, a specific territory to be our national territory. 
which is the what's what's now known as the states of South Carolina, Georgia, Louisiana, um, Alabama, and and um, see, I might have forgotten one, but that's basically it. in that in that in that territory. So many of us were many of us were members of the Black Panther Party, also were were government workers of the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa. And that was one of the things that differentiated us from other other Panther groups, such as the the Panthers in in the West Coast. They didn't um they didn't see it as, as we saw it. We we had always been for a while under the influence of revolutionary nationalism. As a matter of fact, a, a, a big leader of ours was uh, Bob Nano Sergeman Adefumi, who was the king of the Oyetunji village. But before he went down to South Carolina, he was organizing in Harlem and teaching us what it means to nationalize, um, to do something in the name of your nation, and to and to nationalize property. And that's what we took that lead from him. And we, um, some of us went to the, to the conference, the government founding conference, and we continued to work. Um, we continued to work, opened up joint ministries between the Black Panther Party and the provisional government of New Africa. We had a ministry, we had a joint ministry of defense, a joint ministry of information, a joint ministry of the interior. And we, um, and we work together on as many fronts as possible. All right. It's 30 minutes at the top of the hour. You just hear Baba Ali. Also, Asha is with us, Sister Asha, and Dr. Kakai Patterson. And one of the things they're having, having an event for, for uh, Freedom Friday, Brother Sekou Adinga. We're trying to uh, inform the audience what uh, Brother Sekou Adinga was. You know, and you mentioned the Black Panther Party, but, and, and uh, maybe uh, Dr. Patterson can attest to this because they started the nutrition program for new moms and babies, which later the, the government adopted to, to form WIC. They, they delivered groceries to schools. They started free schools, taught self-defense classes. They fed children breakfast before school. They're doing all that. So having said that, Dr. Patterson, do you think the Black Panthers were, were ahead of their time in some some way? Uh, well, they were actually on time. Uh, you know, we can talk about them being ahead of their time being the fact that they initiated some things, uh, but they were actually on time. Uh, when you just talked about the babies program, these activities continue today. A lot of people don't know that. Um, you know, here in Washington, D.C., we work with a Healthy Babies and Children's Program every Wednesday. Myself and some of the sisters that we've trained in acupuncture, we go over and work with these 17, 18, 19-year-old young ladies who got babies and the, the, the baby daddy been murdered or is in jail and, you know, is a knucklehead or whatever the case may be. And we go over there and talk with them. We take vegetarian food to them for their babies. And we do acupuncture on them and acupressure on the babies. You know, so we're able to do that, and we teach the mothers how to massage those ears for the babies that are too young uh, to get the acupuncture seed. Uh, so, yeah, when we talk about young people, the young people that I work with every day with the ADS collective that Baba Blau uh, is a part of, one of our seniors, we have that collective of young people around the country uh, who we sit down and work with them around their personal issues, around their family issues, you know, and then have them go back into the community as the brother that you had on earlier talked about, and you talked about, that the traumas have to be addressed. So in our collective work that we do, 
uh, we address those traumas and we talk with the young people, you know, about what kind of experiences that they've had that kind of subdue. Uh, their creativity, you know, uh, as a result of the conditions in the community. Uh, and we give them some some perspective on that. We do political education classes with these young people and call, this is the, 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 the strange thing, one of the facilities that we work out of is a youth holding facility. Uh, and we're in the auditorium once a week and we're doing acupuncture, you know, with the community. But the young uh, kids that, who are locked up between the ages of 10 and 17 over top of our head can't come down and get that service, you know. So we are doing a lot of lobbying uh, to see whether or not we can incorporate that in some of those institutions in Washington, D.C. Uh, but the movement goes on, you know, and, um, you know, we continue to uh, push forward uh, and put together opportunities for young people uh, to change and get the help that they need. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, hold that thought right there, panel. We've got to take a short break here. We've got to check the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. 26 minutes away from the top of the hour. Guest Dr. Kokai Patterson, you just heard. Sister Asha is with us, and also Baba Ali is also online with us discussing what, what we can do for Brother Seku Adinga. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL or information is power. And good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Kakai Patterson. He's an activist out of Washington, D.C. Also, Baba Bilal Ali is with us. Sister Asha had to step aside. Before we go back to them, though, let me just remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to speak with uh, Dr. Dr. Jerome Fox, doctor of clinical psychology, you know, in his best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, the Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, Shame-Based Alliance. Tomorrow, uh, Chairman Fred Hampton is going to be with us, and also we're going to... Uh, be joined by marketing expert over Tim Wilkins and therapist Vicki Hader is going to join us as well. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So Dr. Patterson, give us some more background information for the folks who've never heard of uh, Brother Seiko Adingo. Yes. Um, again, uh, and Bilal can vet you back on this. Uh, you know, Seiko Odinga is someone who has set an example uh, for us uh, in terms of tenacity, but more so uh, in terms of the whole concept of protracted struggle, you know, meaning that here's an individual who at a young age uh, was involved, as you heard Bible Blau uh, speak about, uh, their involvement in organizing uh, chapters uh, and recruiting uh, brothers and sisters uh, in that chapter. But what that calls for, not necessarily, you know, um, what we would call a revolutionary or uh, what we would call a soldier, what that calls for is an individual who has a heart, 
uh, an individual who uh, understands suffering, uh, an individual who's compassionate, uh, an individual who, as we say, loves his people, you know, um, and understands the importance uh, of sacrificing, as they would call it, uh, but understands his responsibility uh, to go out and do the work to uh, affect um, and bring about change uh, in our community uh, as a result of the slavery uh, and the oppression through the years. So Seiko Ding is an individual who had a heartfelt love uh, for his people, had a heartfelt love uh, for his family, his children, his wives, you know, et cetera. Uh, but more so than that, he embodied uh, what we talk about when we talk about a race man, uh, when we talk about someone who uh, is totally committed and uh, is willing to give his life uh, for his people. Uh, this is who Seiko Odenga is, you know, his smile, uh, his laughter, um, you know, him playing with children, him guiding uh, and leading up. Uh, those of us who were in the process of learning uh, and getting more involved in the community. He's always set that example uh, for us to follow. Uh, when we talk about being a strong black man, of course, there's no discussion. This is what people uh, continue to highlight, uh, the work that he did as a soldier. Uh, but I'm talking about him as a human being, as a brother, uh, as a big brother, as a father, uh, as someone who just loves his people and committed his entire life to doing that and is still doing that uh, today uh, from his uh, bed in the rehab center. All right. Um, uh, Baba Bilal Ali, are you feeling the, the, the drops for us? Yes. Um, I, I, I want to talk about him as, as a soldier. Uh, Baba Sekou Odinga um, was, was, a, was a soldier. He was a soldier as a teenager organizer. He was a soldier. Um, he was he was a part of them. Many people are aware of many people may not be aware of the famous case of the Black Panther, New York Black Panther 21. Um, he was indicted on that in that case. And when the police came to his house to uh, catch him that early morning, like they was coming, they was coming to a lot of people um, early in the morning, five, six o'clock in the morning. But when they knocked on his door, he went out the back window. Uh, there's a pamphlet, the the flyer that was Brother Ade was reading off. Off it it says Spider Man on it, uh, because Seiko Odinga went out the out the back window like a soldier, climbed down the drain pipe, landed on a landed on a land on a landing, and a dog started barking. He pulled out his gun and took the audacity to fire one shot, which would be loud, but he calculated. One shot would be much less noise than a dog continuous barking, which would have given away his his whereabouts. So this 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 is the soldier that he this is the soldier that he was because he loved his people. He trained himself to be a soldier, and he 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 was able he was able to take that dog's life rather than have that dog give up his whereabouts. And the next time we heard from Brother Seiko Odinga, he was in he was in Cuba. He was in Havana, Cuba. And and the and the and when the next time we heard of him after hearing from him from Havana, Cuba, he was in Algiers, Algeria, where he uh, he founded the international section of the Black Panther Party, which was another development 
of him as a soldier, the international section of the Black Panther Party was able to not not only just meet some of the heads of the um, liberation movements in Africa and the Middle East, but actually work with them, get training from them, and go on missions with the with with, with the likes of SWAPO, the PLO, etc. And this is this is what he did when he left when he left the when he left that out of that window and down that drain pipe, you know, we didn't we didn't hear of him um until we heard from him when he was safe and sound in Havana and later when he was safe and sound in Algiers, Algeria. So so where is he now, uh Baba Ali? Is he back stateside? Yeah, he's been back stateside for he's been back stateside for um for about 30 years since 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 the late 70s early 80s he's been back stateside and one of the reasons why we're 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 encouraging people to come out and pay tribute to him so much is because when he came back stateside and was at one point uh captured by the New York City Police Department and the FBI they beat him to within an inch of his life they 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 severed his spleen, they broke his ribs, and they just they just tortured him. He said he said it was almost it was almost fun when the New York City cops had him, but once the feds came in and they knew who he was, they stripped him and then they went in they went in shifts to destroy this brother. They went in shifts. In other words, three or four of them would beat him until their eight-hour shift was over, and then the next shift would take over. And they beat him like that for about three or four days in a row. So he was he was in the hospital then, and he survived. You know, he's, he's like we keep saying, he's a strong man, and he's a soldier, and he survived that. This, what he's going through now, is, is um, as a result of uh, a lot of things we, we failed to do is— is, is maintain our diet and maintain what we know should be our diet. But back in the day when he was when he was training hard, he was able to to withstand the torture. They flushed his head up and down in the toilet. They burned cigars all over all over his body. And and this is Brother Sekou Odinga, who survived all that and who we're sure will survive this present ordeal that he's going through. Wow, what a story. 12 away from the top of the hour. Uh, Dr. Kokai, has, has there any book been written about uh, Brother Sekou Odinga? Because, I mean, this is an incredible story that uh, Baba Bilal Ali just mentioned to us, and, and I'm sure that there's a lot more that can be put on the pages that some of our young people can understand what, what some, of our, uh, some of the elders went through for, for fighting for yeah. freedom. Yeah, Bilal can speak to that. Uh, there's a couple of books, uh, Look For Me in the Whirlwind, uh, Asada's book. There's a couple of books out there, but Blau can speak more on that. Yeah. Look, look for me in the whirlwind. Is a, um, it's a two edition book. The first, the first edition was was came out um, about 50 years ago during the time of the New York Panther 21 trial, and the second edition came out when people who weren't around for that trial, such as Baba Duke, um, Baba Sekou Dinga, and such as myself 
we were able to make contributions in this latest edition, which is, you know, which you can find in the community or you can find it on, um, you can find it on the internet. I'm trying to remember the name of the, uh, the group that, that, okay. Well, that, while you think about that, let me ask Dr. Patterson a question. We come back to uh, Baba Bilal Ali. Uh, Dr. Patterson, why is it this seems like so many of our freedom fighters back in the day ended up in financial stress towards the end of their life? And you can think about, you know, whether they be our scholars or, or, or our more militant brothers and sisters. It, it seems like they, they don't get the support from our community that they, they deserve. Why? Well, it's the same conditions that we deal with that black people in general deal with, you know, unemployment, uh, the lack of economic development in our community. And here we are fighting for that and asking the community to support us and figuring out ways in which to get monies and get the resources uh, in order to do that. So it's always been a struggle uh, to get people involved. Uh, in movement activities. And this is why, you know, you had different liberation movements doing what they call expropriations uh, and taking from uh, the government and getting the funds and getting the materials uh, that they need because we're at war. Uh, And that's the kind of process that needs to be induced all the time. But there's only a handful of people who do that. So we need to get everybody involved in getting our reparations, you know, and you talk about it all the time, uh, you know, on your show. Uh, But that's the same condition that revolutionaries deal with is the same conditions our communities deal with. We are just more creative. Uh, we are more fearless and we are more tenacious about figuring out ways and gaining a resource to be able to help our people. We have to by any means necessary, as Malcolm X stated. Yeah, and it's such a contrast, not away from the top there, it's such a contrast to the conversation we had earlier with the other brothers, uh, uh, you know, Brother Eskia, about the young brothers. If they knew what what brother Sekou Odinga had to go through, but somehow there's a disconnect because they don't feel he did it for them. But if they knew what he went through, like uh, Baba Bilal Ali just told us, I wonder if they'd think the same thing. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and again, that information is blocked. You know, why is it that people don't know about the fact that we have political prisoners and prisoners of war here in America? Young people have no idea. When I talk to young people that we work with and I tell them about Sekou Odinga and Dr. Matumi Shakur, Sada Shakur and Afeni Shakur and all of the people whose names that they're a lot of times familiar with, they really don't know that much about the movement. And that's only because the media uh, is not uh, putting that information out. Therefore, it's up to us. The Black Panther Party knew that. So they put thousands of newspapers editions out on a regular basis. So did the Nation of Islam and other political movements. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, paper out now called Rebuild, and you can Google it up. Rebuild uh, is a new uh, paper that's out now that's covering uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on in our community. Uh, but, yeah, we're facing the same uh, conditions of them blocking the information. So we have to figure out uh, ways in which to do that. Matun Shakur, uh, in one of his last conversations, talked about the importance of understanding IT, uh, the importance of understanding the media and how the website works, uh, and that developing skills in which to use that to maximize uh, getting the information out to the community. So we're aware uh, of these conditions that exist. uh, And as I stated, we're faced with the same obstacles uh, that we've always been faced with, you know, people trying to block uh, the work that we do.
All right, hold that thought right there. We've got to take another short break and check the traffic and weather in our different cities and also the news for our listeners in Baltimore. Six minutes away from the top of the hour. We're back in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. A minute after the top of the hour, momentarily we'll speak with the clinical doctor, clinical psychology, Dr. Jerome E. Fox. But let's wrap up with our guest, Dr. Kakai Patterson, also brother Baba Bilal Ali. They're having an event for uh, one of our freedom fighters, Sekou Adinga. So, uh, uh, Baba Ali or, or Dr. Patterson, can you tell us, give us the information, what is it for tonight? Let me pull that up. Yeah. All right. Baba Ali, before we let you yeah, go, your, your your final words? Yeah, I just want to say that um, people could look forward to the book that Seiko Odinga himself is writing on his life story, and he's already had some offers made for it. And I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book called Connecting the Dots, which is which goes back to my advocacy on behalf of political prisoners over the last 50 to 60 years. And, and one of the, one of the first people, um, that I talk about, uh, yeah, your phone's going south on us uh, there, uh, Baba Ali. So, so, so we're going to move on because your, your phone just is just left us for a moment. Dr. Patterson. Uh, what are the, how can folks want to get involved in, in the event for uh, Brother Sekou Odinga? What do they have to do? Right. We want them to uh, call that information that we passed out. Pull that back up, I think. We want to give the uh, contact information uh, for individuals to support uh, Baba Sekou Odinga. Uh, we're needing money and resources to continue to assist him in his healing. Uh, so the information that they can uh, get, send that information to. Go ahead, I think. Um, HTTP www.gofundme.com dash four dash F four dash immediate dash relief dash support dash four dash Deku dash Odinga. I'm going to repeat that again. www.gofundme.com four dash F four dash immediate hyphen relief, hyphen support, hyphen four, hyphen Seku, spell S-E-K-O-U, hyphen Odinga, spell O-D-I-N-G-A. Right. Tune in and, tonight. Let me just say, family, if you didn't get up, I posted it on, on social media so you can take a look. All the information is there. But we want to thank you, Dr. Patterson, also uh, Baba uh, Bilal Ali for, for this information, doing for the brother, because, you know, you didn't have to do it, but you guys stepped up to the plate to help the brother. So I want to thank you for doing that. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, family, three minutes after the top. I'll keep moving. Dr. Jerome Fox, good morning. Welcome back to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Dr. Fox is the author of the best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor. It's a shame-based alliance. That's the part I like of the title, a shame-based alliance. Dr. Fox, earlier this morning, we had some brothers uh, on, and, and they, they, they hang out with some of our, the younger members of our community, younger brothers and sisters for the most part, and they have these, these views, social and political views that are, that are 
I wouldn't say startling, but a, but a difference of a very f- a different from from ours. You know, for, for for example, they are supporting Donald Trump, and they say they know that Donald Trump basically is a racist. They know he doesn't like black people, but they but they like him because he he's a man's man, and he, he's a good businessman. And 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 despite all the other facts that you show them about the policy, what he says he's going to do, and you know what my Angelo says, somebody tells you what what, what they're going to do, believe them. <laughs> These brothers refuse. What's going on in their minds? What's going on here? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, I mean, we cannot sort of wash our hands of any responsibility for the condition, the sad condition of their minds. Um, We have basically failed our kids, and I say that in the book, and uh, to the point where at least I'm at the point where I I think we we as a people need to consider whether or not we are capable of raising revolutionists. I talk about raising revolutionists in the book as one of the weapons that we do have available right at our fingertips. It's our own children uh, uh, and how we raise them to be. Um, So, I mean, we just have not done that. We have been more concerned uh, with integrating, and this is a big part of their problem, which I'll explain in just more specifically in a second, but our aim, our integrationist aim to be a part of this wickedness that we call society um, is the culprit. And it's also, um, I guess, integral uh, uh, with the whole concept of being addicted to white. Uh, we want a piece of their pie. And as I say in the book, we fail to realize what that pie entails. And, um, you know, in, in essence, it's pure wickedness. This society is built on a context of hate, um, uh, particularly hate of the other, and that other being uh, um, black folk. And we have tried, we're trying to survive in that context of hate, um, everything that uh, um, uh, every institution, every idea, every ideology, its ultimate goal is murder. And I've said this before, murder in some form, murder of your sense of being a man, which I'll deal with in a second, which, which you said our, our young people are dealing with, um, murder in the sense that of our just Generally, our education, our training, um, um, murder of our brains, murder of our bodies, obviously, uh, murders of our spirit. Everything um, uh, leans toward destruction, 
that's the essence of hate. It doesn't breed life. Um, it only breeds death. Um, and we want to be a part of it. I sometimes, even though I know this um, um, uh, deep within my soul, I'm still kind of, as you just mentioned, a little um, surprised or or um, put off in a sense when I see our people. Um, uh, you see it just everywhere. Uh, uh, people just loving America. Um, uh, they just want to be a part of this glitz and glitter, which I said is really nothing when you boil it down to it's nothing but um, poison. It leads to nothing but death and destruction. But that's what we want. So as a result, we've allowed, and I've said this many times before, we've allowed our adversaries, our enemies, to define life everything in life. As I said, we barely have a thought of our own, and that's the culprit. If you really want to heal from this sickness um, that that's called American society, um, you have to have an independent thought. And unfortunately, we're not independent of their idea. This idea of, of being, um, their definition of being a man, which uh, um, almost exclusively, or, or certainly primarily, uh, involves uh, dominating someone else, uh, bullying someone else, um, um, a lot of bad mouthing someone else. I mean, that's that's their definition of so-called strength, and um, only men in their definition are, are really supposed to be strong. That in and of itself is ridiculous. Um, and even though we have the presence of very strong black women. Uh, right, right, right under our nose. We're still accepting their definition that um, really, basically, it's men that are uh, that have strength, and so they're saying um, he's kind of like badass because he has no respect for decorum, for the law, um, um, uh, uh, for basically for civilization, and we just gobble that up, that idea up. And try to um, 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 you know act it out. Our heroes are those gangsters. Even way back, I remember um, talking to a, um, a patient. Um, uh, I used, uh, as I said, I used to treat um, inmates, and his whole um, hero was James Cagney. If you remember those old movies, those old gangster movies, um, that was his ideal with an L on the end. Um, um, and it has been the ideal of this society. There were cowboys and Indians destroying geno uh, a complete genocide of, of a people. We're sitting there rooting uh, for the cowboy or just, just rooting for war. Um, the whole uh, football, I remember um, um, being in a room, this is years ago, with someone who was watching, um, I don't even know if they were watching football but, or just talking about uh, uh, football, and one of the persons said, um, yeah, I just want him to, um, what do you say, like uh, hospitalize that person, like, you know, break his bones. And um, I think it was even something more dastardly than that, and it kind of caught me off guard. It's like, really? I mean, is, uh, that's what that that's what you think that um, um, a player in in that sport should be doing, like really causing harm? Um, and we see that that's what society um, uh, wants with this whole CTE, this chronic traumatic encephalitis, which is you know just brain damage. Um, that's okay. 
as long as they entertain. Um, entertainment is a priority as well, um, despite the consequences. So, I mean, these are the kinds of really self-destructive and socially destructive ideas that white folk have put on the planet. And um, as I said, we are continually gobbling it up. Uh, we don't want to be free of these people. And um, that's why we're not free. Because as, as, um, if people follow the protocol that I have in my uh, book to get free of these ideas, I'm telling you our behavior would be completely different. And uh, no doubt either we would be in control or we'd all be dead. And either um, um, outcome is fine with me. Uh, because promoting their destruction, promoting their lives at, at the cost of our lives is really untenable. But that's where our young people are at. I've dealt with these same um, types of young people. I've had young people as I try to uh, um, promote the book to them, even given I um, uh, uh, we're not uh, inclined to read a big deficit. Um, uh, we're not inclined to read at all. Uh, I even offered this person hundreds of dollars to read the book. Uh, and he's out here hustling left and right, but would not accept that. It's like, you know, reading is anathema. This is a young person in their 20s. Um, and that's not, he's not the only person. And as I began to talk about what was in the book, he said, oh, that's that old fogey stuff. Um, and, you know, you old people, you know, just hate white folk. I mean, just the complete opposite. So I'm not surprised at all uh, um, that they would be attracted to their um, 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 to a person like Trump who embodies all of the junk that's in their mind, that's been placed in them, that we have allowed ourselves to be uh, filled with. Um, and there's like, and that's why I'm so um, uh, set on on, on, the, on the protocol in this book, a book, until we free our minds, none of this will change. And, and we cannot sit back and just point the finger at, at each other, get busy clearing the mind. And, and of course, many are perhaps lost at this point. There's, in what war, I ask in the book, has uh, there been uh, no casualties? So there are going to be some walking deads. In fact, we have a lot of walking deads among us. Um, right. And hold that thought right there, Doc. We're going to take a short break. And I've neglected to tell them many of them are listening right now because the brother Eskio, who works with them, he made them tell them to keep listening because you were coming on and address some of those issues. So when we come back, if you could speak to them directly, you know, because they, 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 that's one of the issues. They say we don't speak to them directly. We speak over them so we don't connect with them. And, and so if you can do that, I really appreciate it. Family, we got to step aside and get caught up with the latest traffic and weather around different cities. Our guest is Dr. Jerome Fox. If you, you want to join this conversation, reach out to us, 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010. W-O-L-B. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. W-O-L, where information is power.
Good morning again, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Jerome Fauci, knowing from his best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed, In League with the Oppressor, A Shame-Based Alliance. Now we're discussing the, 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 the differences with some of our young people. We just heard with Brother Askia earlier this morning, was telling us about the, some of our young people. They, politically, they, they think different from many of us, and socially, they think differently from many of us. Dr. Fox, is, is it because of their reality that their world is different from our world? Well, I think that they have been led to believe that. But let me just say first and foremost that if a person is running a group, and particularly with young people, uh, you have to find out what motivates your group. It's like what do you want, in a sense, um, as as a, as a young person. Uh, um, um, There's a whole area of study uh, called motivational interviewing, where you first um, find out what the person wants, what they are dissatisfied with, and try to, um, uh, um, I guess, gently lead them into um, a, a different idea about how to accomplish what they want, different than the way that they are currently um, um, I'm using. But also, too, I think it's important just to set the stage that it's not just young people that are confused. We are, as a people, are confused. Um, some of us are trying to, to be less confused and doing things to try to help others of us become less confused or, as I would put it, detoxify from this white um, um, worldview. But, um, you know, we all kind of begin on the same plane. So I don't try to separate myself from anyone, young or old, uh, black person that I'm talking to. We're all in this together. Uh, we all have our, uh, we are all bound by some degree of of this addiction to white. And I asked people, I remember when I was running uh, groups, it's like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and try, I know that I can't sit here and talk you into um, accepting um, all of the healing that I think I have for you. So let's just begin with the idea that we are in a laboratory. And I've always used to ask other people, you all know uh, what a laboratory is. That's the place where a scientist is with with all their bubbling flask and all this other stuff are in that room. So we're all at, at this point in a laboratory, and the topic of investigation, the things that we are uh, as scientists, and we all are scientists, um, are, are trying to investigate just happens to be not a frog that, that we're going to dissect, none of that. The, uh, the subject of our investigation happens to be ourselves. Uh, so we are both the investigator, i.e. the scientist, and the subject that we're investigating. And all I, I would ask the people to do is that, uh, adopt that mindset for as long as you're in this session with me. And um, understand that to uh, uh, you're going to have to want to see clearly who you are and that we're just going to try on different types of, of garments, different types of hats, however you want to put it, different types of approaches to life just to see if they fit. And if they don't fit, if they don't 
um, resonate with you, um, you can always discard it, you know, and then go back to however you've been dealing. But just for this time with me, can we all act like scientists and 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 take a real good kind of microscopic look at ourselves, and then once we do that, try something different just in this room. If you're used to, and I um, have a lot of people who had, um, um, you know, issues of control, emotional control, and if you say the slightest thing that they don't like, they're willing to either get up and leave or fight, literally. So, okay, I accept that. I accept that that's where you're at, that's how your environment has shaped you at this point. Those are the tools that you have, and I'm not putting it down. All I'm saying is that this is a safe place for us to investigate ourselves once again. And can you at least try hearing something bad, particularly about yourself, and not get up and leave, and not get up and want to fight? Uh, just try that and see if that feels a little bit better, uh, at least while you're in this room. So you may have an idea about uh, this society, and it's all about money, and it's all about being Gucci. But isn't it interesting that um, we take words uh, – uh, we, we don't own Gucci. That's a white company. We take white people's words – and, and and so-called accomplishments, and uh, and and praise them in every way that we can, um, and then yet on the same hand want to talk about having money and being economically independent. Uh, um, I never heard anybody say that's FUBU, uh, which is a black company. It certainly used to be a black company um, for us by us. Uh, when wanting to talk about something being good or excellent. When we're, uh, we've been fed this idea that when we are comparing things and talking about something being good or excellent, we've been um, um, uh, uh, spoon-fed this word Gucci, that's so Gucci. Why, why not that's so FUBU? Um, that's just an example. Can we try um, saying something different that's more Afrocentric, more... Uh, that um, um, more about our people as opposed to those people, and just see how it feels. You talk about being gangster. What about being uh, um, uh, really uh, heroic in your community in the sense of, of of how you help people as opposed to uh, battle with people? Can we just try that for think about that for a second and what that might give you? Um, um, if you just change your perspective on that, just while we're in this room, um, um, and just see, try it on for size and see it how um, how it fits. So you've got to when we um, I've, I say in the book that this society is based on three principles, and we at least think about this: um, the negev, narcissism. Racism is about narcissism saying that I'm better or my group is better than your group. Narcissism, greed, and violence. Now, they're, they're all very much connected, uh, particularly greed and violence, because when, you, when you're being greedy, you're trying to take something that's not really yours. You're trying to exploit someone else. Uh, we, we of all people ought to know 
how it feels to be exploited. Um, um, and the violence, the violence that ensues from that. So can we just try that on this, this idea of the negative, um, narcissism, greed? Let's examine in detail how that has um, um, invaded your life and your parents' lives, everybody's lives, uh, to the point that uh, uh, we're more about exploiting, just like our enemy is more about exploiting people um, than living in harmony with people. Um, and just see how that, just as an idea, might. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Have we lost Dr. Fox? Oh, wow. All right. See if we can get him back on. Because, you know, one of the questions, uh, it's 30 minutes after the top there, I definitely want to ask Dr. Fox is so when, when we're pr- pr- confronted with different information, or sometimes we're probably the correct information, like some of our young brothers and sisters out there who would have different opinions than, than we do on social issues and, and political issues. And specifically, since Donald Trump's on the table, we'll talk about him and his policies and what he means and what he's going to do for black folks and what he's done, his track record, too, if you don't want to believe what he says he's going to do. Um, yeah, but go ahead, I don't Dr. Fox. much you heard of what I said. Um, but but here's a question I have for you because when you were cutting out, I was, I was thinking about this, you know, because some of these young brothers who say they embrace Donald Trump and they like his policies, and but they know what and they know that he's he's probably a stone cold racist, but they still dig him. How do you how do you how do you how do you understand that? If somebody tells you who they are and you believe them, you present them with the facts, the facts, the the, the policies that that's gonna he's gonna engage that are against you, and still you support them even with all this evidence. What's going on in their minds? Well, that's it. I mean, I don't know how much uh, you heard of what I said, um, um, but that's based on. You have to meet people where they're at. Um, what about him do you like? Um, and then go from there. What is it that you like? Uh, because obviously, as you just said, you don't like the fact that he's racist. Um, you see that he's a racist. You hear that he's a racist. Uh, you don't like that. But what is it about him that you like? And be very specific. What is it? Um, and then you can go from there. Uh, do you just like the fact that he, he flouts the law? Um, 
he just does what he feels like doing, no matter the consequences, well, then we can deal and, with it. And that. let me interrupt you and tell you that those who presented him, they said, yes, that's they dig that, because he, he he's he's a man's man. He gets away with it. They, well, they, see, and he's a good businessman. Okay, you got to be really um, granular um, when you're talking to people who are hooked on white. Um, uh, because it's not going to be an easy task. And, and as I said, did you hear the part when I talked about being a scientist and getting the people to at least agree for right. a moment that we're going to examine everything in our heads? Did you hear that part? Right, right. We got that part. Okay. So you've got. I'll tell you what, hold that thought right there because we got to take a short break. I, I want to break your rhythm. When we come back, I'll let you finish up because this is interesting that uh, this uh, dichotomy with our young people, some, not all of them, I should say, just some of them uh, think that way. And I, I'm not sure if they're doing it just to get likes or just, uh, you know, on the seeking, Internet. That's a part yeah, attention seeking could mm-hmm. could be that, too. But I'll let you because you're the you're the you're the professional. So I'll let you explain what's going on with our young people. because We're trying to reach out to them. As I mentioned, many of them say they're going to stick around and listen to what you have to say. So maybe you can help them out. Folks, you want to join this conversation with Dr. Fox, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right now at 26 away from the top of the hour, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Jeremy Fox. I keep mentioning his book. It's a great book. you got to pick it up. It's called Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, Shame-Based Alliance. That's the part I like the best, a shame-based alliance. If you read the book, you'll understand why. Coming up tomorrow, though, we're going to speak with Chairman Fred Hampton, also a, a marketing expert. Overton Wilkins is going to join us, and also therapist Vicki Hayter is a beer as well. So make sure if you're in Baltimore that your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, you're on FM. 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So, Dr. Fox, these young people who have their different views, you were about to explain to us, is it their reality is different, was different from ours? Is that why they have these different thoughts, these social and political ideas? Yeah, well, number one, I don't think their ideas are um, all that different from ours, quite frankly. Um, um, And I tried to explain that in the very beginning, that we're all kind of hooked on this society and what we think it offers, uh, particularly in terms of its uh, glitz and glitter. So they're not all that different. And I think we need to be, we need to confess and be honest about that, particularly when we're talking to young people. Basically, we have failed them, and we failed ourselves as well. What people would not go out of its way to protect its young people, protect in every sense of the word, particularly the minds of our young people. But we've handed over the minds of our young people to society at large, and look at what we got. So, and we've handed our minds over to uh, this society at large, white society, really. Um, and look at how confused we are. Um, we haven't taken the time to really uh, um, protect our young brains 
from being infected with this idea, or with the ideas that we're now turning around and criticizing them for. So we have to be clear about that when we're talking to young people, that we're not putting them down. We're not really even trying to separate uh, uh, what we see as their sicknesses from our sicknesses, because it's really, in truth, they come from the same source. Um, all we can do is try to encourage each other at least to take a look at our sicknesses, not just theirs. We are just as attached to um, our enemy um, as they are. We are receiving as many messages um, um, to feed on from this wickedness that we call society as they are. Um, um, they see us um, uh, uh, basically neglecting them in order to pursue our own um, desire for money, for gold, what they say. Um, and so they're basically copying what we're doing. And the, the, the lack of attention that we're giving them, you mentioned this is at the very end, um, maybe some of this is um, they, they realize that they're getting a rile out of us when they say they support Trump. And, uh, um, you know, getting a rile is better than getting nothing. So maybe some of this indeed is just attention-seeking. But I do think we have to take um, it seriously and, and getting, as I had said before the commercial, at the granular level of just exactly what it is that, uh, um, that's so attractive to a hater, uh, of a hater uh, who indeed even hates you. Uh, um, you shouldn't want to have anything to do with them or any idea that they have. Uh, but such is not the case. So we have to examine at a more granular level, what is it that you like? And I forget where we were at, but you had said something like, you got to get people young and old to define very specifically or to tell you very specifically what is it that they find so attractive in a in a person's uh, um, uh, like uh, Trump in in their behavior, is it indeed as I had said that he just says you know basically? Can you still hear me? Sure, we're oh, still okay. here. Because I thought I heard a click off. Um, uh, uh, is it basic? Is it that because he says basically to all rules and decorum? You know, basically, you know, f you. Um, I'm not. I'm not doing what what you say do. What is so attractive about being that uh, um, um, uh, 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 disruptive, in a sense? Um, And you may find that maybe there is something good about the sense of being disruptive. Uh, Do we, we as a people need to be disruptive? Indeed, we do. Uh, and in in order to really uh, uh, be um, gain our liberation, we're going to have to disrupt a whole lot of stuff. And maybe our young people sense that, and maybe they sense number one our cowardice in the fact that we our, so, our so-called older people are not as disruptive as they need to be in order to protect these same young people that we're talking about. They, they, they are the, um, the result, perhaps the victim, of us not being more like Trump in a sense of protecting them 
from the Trumps of the world. So given that we're not um, um, uh, 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 courageous enough to protect them, um, they're just sitting back looking at folk who are protecting their own um, um, and thinking, okay, I like that. And we we ought to be able to understand that and and confess our negligence, our failure, um, our failures um, uh, um, to be more aggressive in protecting their minds and, and ensuring that they get an education, ensuring the, the right education, ensuring that, that they have a chance uh, to live a life of, of, of reasonable comfort. Uh, we have not, as adults, been aggressive enough. And neither will they be aggressive uh, with the, uh, the children that they have um, um, until we just stop for a second and try to help each other detoxify from all the things that have been preventing us from being aggressive like a Trump. Uh, but uh, uh, for the right things, for ourselves, for our kids' sake. So they see a level of of bravery that we have not um, demonstrated uh, for them on behalf of them. So why shouldn't they go be attracted to someone who is that way? Even though, I mean, the craziness of it, all we can do is older folk sit back and say, well, but this is crazy because, yeah, he's aggressive, but he is not aggressive for you. Well, their response is, neither have you been. Because look at the condition that we're that our communities are in. We're allowing these people to spend billions and billions of dollars uh, helping Ukraine, helping uh, uh, Israel, and not those same dollars to help our communities to rebuild our communities. Even though- let me let me interrupt you it's, uh, since you're on that point because that was one of the issues too. The survey came out why the young people are not feeling uh, Biden or Trump. And that one of the issues of the, the with Ukraine and Israel, where the money is going, and mm-hmm. so and, and we're not we're not aggressively pursuing that. Now there are certain things I think I said in in a previous um, a visit to your program that um, uh, uh, Biden had uh, there was this uh, uh, child care um, um, uh, bill uh, that he got through. Um, I guess in twenty and maybe in. Um, uh, uh, right away when he was um, inducted into the presidency uh, that was giving like $300 um, to all families, uh, to uh, people in a certain income level um, for their children. Um, it was a big help. It immediately pulled uh, um, um, hundreds of uh, thousands, millions of um, black um, uh, children out of poverty. Um the Republicans, which uh, Trump is a part of that, that party, obviously, um, were opposed to that. And as soon as they gained the House, um, that that program stopped, even though it was helping the same households that these young people are coming from um, 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 tremendously. Uh, but. And here's where voting comes in. You have to explain to these young people, if you want that $300 back, 
um, uh, you have to vote for someone who's in favor of that. And there's only one of those candidates, it's only one party um, that's in favor of, 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 you know, helping your household uh, uh, with additional income. Uh, and that happens to be the Democratic uh, Party under the leadership of President Biden. And all we can ask for at this, at this point in our struggle is uh, is more relief, uh, is to uh, sort of lessen the uh, the harm of our enemies while while we work on getting our our act together on our own. But in the meantime, we don't need to be dealing with anything with any more hardship. And then we already have. So having someone in office who is willing to lighten the load uh, for parents uh, by giving $300 per kid is an asset. We don't have to love that person. We don't have to think that they're that our that 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 they're going to be our savior because they're not. But at least they, they open up some room and some space for us to take care of our issues uh, and not have to work three jobs in order to um, 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 uh, feed our household. Um, so you have to point out what has been done. And that and what has been done is on the mind. By the way, anybody can look at it. You just put in um, um, your browser um, uh, things that you know the president has done for for the black community, and the list of stuff will come up. But um, and, and see if you like that. You, 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 we used to uh, the um, prisoners used to talk about the government and how bad the government is. So eventually, someone printed out all you know three thousand departments of of the U.S. government and went down the list one by one. Do you hate this department? Do you hate that department? And of course, it was said, no, not that one. Uh, we like that one, but we don't like that one. So print out the list um, of, of what has been done. Do you like this or do you like that? The Republicans are not for these um, um, uh, policies. Neither is Trump. So, you know, I'll, you have to point out the contradiction. If you like this, there's only one person uh, supporting this. Um, so that's one strategy uh, 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 to use as, as, as well. But we have to come at our people oh, not acting as if we are all that different. And obviously, uh, we have great difficulty um, accepting as adults our responsibility for the condition that our young people are in they're looking for someone to be they're telling you perhaps slightly indirectly but it's not that hard to get the message that they like aggressiveness and i would say and then you have to realize that what they really are saying is they like um people uh, these adults that sh- should have raised them properly, that should be um, uh, um, uh, um, extremely radically uh, protective of them, they, they want us to be more aggressive in protecting them and, and providing for them. All right, and hold that thought right there, Doc, because we got to take a short break. When we come back, though, 
isn't what that the Black Panthers, the Black Liberation Army, the Nation of Islam, isn't what all these other resistance groups did for our generation, and many of them are still around, so why don't they support those groups? I'll let you respond to that when we get back, but we've got to take a quick break and check the traffic and weather in our different cities. Folks, our guest is Dr. Jerome Fox. It's a clinical psychologist, and we're discussing, you know, our young people. It's not all of them, let me just point that out, not all of them, but some of them seem to have, a, it was sort of on a parallel universe, they, they, they don't have, we don't have the same social and political views. And it's not means that they're bad, it's just they're different. So that's what we're discussing this morning. You want to join us, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. It's a minute after the top of the hour. Our guest is Dr. Jerome Fox. Many of you know him from his best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, A Shame-Based Alliance. You know, this morning we're discussing, it started off earlier this morning with Brother Eskia in these chat rooms with these young brothers and sisters who say they don't like the Democratic Party. They, they, they like Donald Trump. And for some reason, even though Donald they know what Donald Trump stands for, they know his, his track record, and they, but they love him because they think he's a man's man. And Dr. Fox is telling me that that's one of the reasons why they love him because he, he's he's you know he's fighting for them. My, my question before we well, left no, for the he's traffic not fighting for black people, <laughs> right? In their minds, but my my thing if if they love him because of that, why don't they join the Black Panthers? Why don't they join the, the Nation of Islam or any of our resistance groups? Well, we have to begin once again being very honest about how we have failed each uh, ourselves and each other, including our children. Uh, uh, people tend to allow themselves to be influenced because uh, we always retain the power. Um, but, but we 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 haven't been taught that. But nonetheless, it, it's a fact. We got the power. You got the power. Nobody has power over you. Um, but we tend to um, allow ourselves to be influenced by uh, people, things, ideas that are constantly in our view, in our ears. So, um, you know, whatever is in our ears, be it so-called gangster rap or whatever, uh, whatever is getting has commanded mass media and unfortunately our adversaries have control over mass media uh but whatever those executives allow to be um in front of us 24 hours like a trump uh, uh we tend to allow that or those people to influence our thinking and what we do um, the Nation of Islam is it's not in, in our face 24-7. And then the, the next question then is, okay, then why don't we seek them out? What motivation have been, have we trained in, um, in our kids to seek health, to seek out um, what, what they need? We've trained them through... Um, you know, modeling just in some ways lazily 
um, adopting whatever is in front of our face. Um, the quickest, the easiest um, uh, 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 things to access. And those things are, are not helpful to us. Um, um, but we, it, we, we were offering really no alternative. That's why I sort of pushed this book so much, because, and that's why it's a workbook and just not a book, that it's something that we can take just for ourselves and among ourselves and put ourselves in front of, uh, just as this brother is doing with this uh, youth group, put ourselves in front of our people um, uh, um, battling uh, for their attention um, um, in a way perhaps that we have not done uh, globally. Uh, um, uh, uh, in a widespread way, in other words, uh, before. You can take something like this book and use it to put yourselves in front of our young people, old people, whatever, um, 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 promoting a different perspective, a different worldview that our people need to hear. Otherwise, uh, we're just going to be stuck in this rut. But a lot of the young people that I've spoken to, um, many of them don't even have a two-parent household. Um, many of them into hustling drugs, even hustling themselves. Um, um, they just have not had the guidance um, to be able to even seek out a nation of Islam or, or, or someone else. We have to, therefore, including the nation, put ourselves in front of them. Uh, which we're not doing, uh, but, but which, you know, mass media is making certain to put folk like Trump in, 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 in front of our young people. I mean, you can't, um, uh, you can't avoid uh, hearing about Trump, seeing Trump um, uh, everywhere you turn um, on media, on mass media. So they do have the advantage in that sense. They have the tools to put themselves and their ideas in front of us. That's why we have to be far more aggressive in putting a different idea in front of ourselves and our and each other, including our children, which we have not done. We can't expect them to want to seek out that because they haven't been trained to seek out anything. They've been trained to gobble up whatever is in front of them um, uh, without any guidance from a parent or an adult in their lives. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good 
Right. And I'm glad you you mentioned that because I just got a tweet from one of our listeners uh, listening and and asked me if you could, I'm not sure if you're familiar with with Michael Irving, the football player who played for Cowboys, and his son, his son grew up in a gated community. His his son wants to be a gangster. Same thing happened a couple of days ago with T.I., the rapper. His son, you know, he he, he was telling people that he was born with a a silver spoon in his mouth and they got in a fight uh, in, in, uh, they were in a luxury box at a football game and got in a fight. Yo, you heard about that one. Okay. Some of that is just performative. Some of that is just complete nonsense. And here again, uh, uh, the average uh, young black person has no adult input in helping them interpret stuff like that when it happens. It's just put in front of their face, and we expect our young people to be able to uh, discern, you know, what's real and what's not real. And, and in truth, they can't. When you don't have the, when you don't have the, the cognitive structures uh, um, to filter stuff like that, you, you rely on your emotions. What makes you feel good? Um, um, I think even as uh, Maya Angelou says, I th- think someone quoted her earlier, uh, she says something else that you remember uh, uh, far beyond um, the words and even really perhaps the actions that, uh, uh, that people, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, present. Uh, uh, far beyond that, you remember how they made you feel. So in the absence of any kind of cognitive structure to discern reality, we fall back on our emotions. And emotions, by definition, are irrational. They need to be tempered by the brain. So when we just leave, our households are nothing but a ball of emotional uh, um, uh, nonsense, and we leave our kids to... Uh, uh, feed on their simple, irrational emotions with no intervention uh, uh, with their brain, in a sense, because we're doing the same thing. Everything is based on that. That's why uh, this society is so big on entertainment. Everything is based on how it makes you feel, Not, not how it makes you think, but how it makes you feel. And we're doing that. So our kids are doing that as well. Well, let me ask you this, a 10 after the topic. Explain this, because many of them, too, dislike women, including their own mothers, their sisters. They don't like they don't like black women. They think black women are failures, uh, single parent mothers. They think it's all their fault. I I, I would get real um, granular in this in this regard as well. Like, what don't you like about the black woman? And and you just hit on something very granular. Um, um, Perhaps their uh, their brand of motherhood. Because in truth, I fully understand why our young people are uh, um, dissatisfied with their family, particularly the people that should have guided their uh, development, but instead failed them. And the failure these days starts really from the womb. Because uh, um, many of these uh, 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 people who are having children 
should have should never have children. In fact, we as this race need to decide whether or not we're capable of raising, um, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 healthy um, uh, uh, children in this environment. Um, uh, we're not. We haven't been successful in stopping police brutality. Uh, we're bringing masses of children into poverty, and I'm writing a, a script, and a part of that script is a novella, or a novel that I'm also writing, and so they're inter, um, interweaving the t- two, and, the, and, 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 and at a certain point in the novel, um, you know, I, I, I deal, I address this issue, whether or not we as a people should just decide as a group that we're not having children uh, until this mess is solved. And those who have had children, I'm not so sure those children, if they had a choice, would have wanted those parents, would have wanted to be born in poverty. And I think we owe it to these kids that we're bringing in the world to consider whether or not we can provide the things that children need and want. And if we can't, we need to be more careful um, in, in birthing these babies that we know damn good and well we cannot raise properly. Uh, I, I, I told one person, a, a sister, she got really insulted, is that um, how can you have kids that you have to beg your enemy uh, 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 to, uh, to help you raise. They, they have no concern for our kids. Um, uh, you, uh, there's a commercial. I mean, it really breaks my heart every time I see it. Uh, it's supposedly a public service uh, um, um, announcement or, or commercial about uh, school meals in schools. And they have these two kids, brother and sister, young, maybe, you know, eight and seven, around that age. These are actors um, saying that, you know, their mom works really hard. Their single mom works really, really hard. And, uh, in fact, she works so hard that she that, that they wouldn't get a, um, a meal uh, if it were not for the school food programs. And they have this actor, Jeff Bridges, he's the spokesperson in this uh, public service announcement saying that, so please give to whatever organization. Um, so basically saying that this single mother cannot feed her kids. Well, why the hell did you have the kids in the first place? Stop bringing kids into your misery. While during the pandemic, um, and I'll tell you, I'll hold that thought right there on the pandemic. I'll let you pick it up on the other side. We're going to take a mm-hmm. short break here and check the traffic and weather. we got some folks from uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore who want to talk to you as well, Dr. Fox. 800-450-7876. You too can join the conversation. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.
And good morning again, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, Dr. Jerome Fox, as many of you know him from his best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, a shame-based alliance. Dr. Fox contends there are five core white values that many blacks are addicted to, which in turn result in white domination. Before we leave, so we'll have him read those five for us. But Dr. Fox, I got some folks who want to talk to you, but before we do that, though, I'm going to let you finish your thought. Yeah, please. Um, I have to finish this point. Um, I had mentioned that I, I was reading um, uh, um, somewhere in some magazine or whatever, and um, I, I saw where the Chinese um, uh, uh, were saying that uh, during the pandemic, the Chinese government had instituted even more um, or had created an even more restrictive environment. Than, than the usual for them. And, and it became so restrictive, um, and the young people of China um, particularly felt th- this way, so restrictive that it was almost unbearable. And so they started protesting, and and, and the uh, one of the um, catchphrases of their protest was that this is the last generation meaning that they were completely unwilling to have to bring any more babies into the world uh, given the kind of environment uh, that they are living in uh, they felt that if 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 this was int- uh, intolerable for themselves there was no way they could bring a child into the world to suffer as they felt they have been suffering under or their, uh, this restrictive rule. Um, um, and I thought, well, you know, this is, this is exactly what I've been saying uh, for years, that at some point, if we really can't get our act together enough to raise children, uh, uh, you know, with a healthy, who, who are healthy in, in every respect, particularly um, with respect to their brains and their minds, then maybe we should consider just not having children uh, until we can correct this mess. I know for myself that um, if I had had a choice, if somehow I think, uh, who was it, Ilanya uh, um, Van Zandt, she used to talk about um, uh, uh, a committee in heaven and these spirits being around the table with God and God deciding that he's going to send the particular spirits down uh, uh, to earth as, you know, babies and then come up through that whole process. And I thought if there were such a committee, I would have said, number one, no, I'm not going. And number two, if I must, then let me choose uh, who my parents will be. And I can tell you, I, I would not have chosen my parents. And and I think many people feel the same way. Uh, I wouldn't have chose their po- uh, their poverty. I, I wouldn't have chosen my father's alcoholism. I wouldn't have chose many things um, uh, um, uh, about them. I would not have chosen. And I don't think I'm the only one in that regard. Uh, we, we are being very unkind and very um, uh, um, uh, untruthful. Uh, when we attack our young people for uh, being upset uh, with their circumstances. Um, once again, we talk about um, 
them seeking out uh, 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 better people, better whatever. But uh, um, a child uh, doesn't have the resources, the internal resources to do that. A child requires uh, proper guidance. You can't give proper guidance if you're working three jobs and are never at home to feed your kids. Philanthropy will never solve our problems as an um, abused people. Yes, um, it'll uh, select some of us um, and rescue some of us, but it will not solve uh, uh, the masses of our people's uh, problems, and yet we rely on that. Working, I just heard a commercial on your station uh, um, uh, uh, with someone claiming that they're working with the uh, Department of Education to uh, bring training. All that's good, but it will not solve the uh, uh, the problems of, of the masses of our people. Um, philanthropy will never solve. By definition, it's taking one here, one over there, a few over there. Um, that's not the masses of our people. The masses of our people have been left just just as Du Bois uh, said, uh, as I quote quote Du Bois in the book, uh, just left. In um, uh, the so-called ghetto to just die, basically. Uh, at the in the beginning of my uh, uh, book, I quote uh, Dubois once again. Uh, 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 I think starting on page four, this lengthy quote about the condition of black people in 1919. And I swear, if you read that quote, you would think it was today. So, what has changed? What what do our young people have? Um, uh, uh, to look to when they look at, at their circumstances um, uh, 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 to say that we've done our job in protecting them. Um, not much. So I uh, completely understand, um, um, and unfortunately, because once again, uh, we're getting our, our ideas uh, from crackers, uh, from our enemies. They're more focused on, on, on the people who are right in front of their face, which happens to be their mothers, who are, uh, ha, who, who have acted irres, um, irresponsibly and even having them in the, the first place. But the, the problem is um, um, not singularly uh, their mothers, it's their fathers too. Um, uh, if I had my brothers, if I was building a society at this point, um, people would have to be licensed to have kids. Um, uh, there would have to be a, a, a criteria for this, and I'm just talking my fantasies at this point, um, uh, because I know that the task of raising children is a very serious matter, um, and particularly if you are oppressed. Uh, um, you have to be able to raise revolutionaries, uh, revolutionists who will overturn the status quo. That's not even what we're thinking when we birth these babies. Um, um, so, yeah, I understand their dissatisfaction. I'm dissatisfied with their circumstances. Uh, I was dissatisfied with my own. Um, and we have to be, once again, honest about that. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. 
the McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. As I mentioned, we got some folks who want to talk to you. Let's go to line two. Michael's calling us from Pittsburgh. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Grand Rising. I just have a comment and a question. My comment is, as far as education, there's the problem. We're not getting educated. We're getting mm-hmm. indoctrinated to serve this system. And well, who's allowing that? Who's allowing that? As I say in my book, there was a time in which we were building independent African schools. We're not doing that as much today to raise, uh, uh, to educate our own children. They burnt, Mr. Fox, they burnt them down. I know, but we've got to keep building them up. We've got to keep building them up. Through our children, we need to start sinners. They need to go to the libraries and start re-educating themselves about the lies they've been taught. We all know they need to challenge those schools about the truth. The other thing is I want to make a comment that— How can they do that? How can they do that when they haven't been trained to do that? What you know? Well, I'm just saying these things need to be <laughs> I mean, done to challenge those lies. That, that we should do. We have to stop telling our people, young and old, to do things that we know damn good well we can't do at this point. Uh, Basically, the the only thing that we can do that will be really, that that will make a real change is to uh, uh, begin some kind of process of detoxifying from this society. Michael, pose your question because we got a bunch of other folks who got questions for Doc as well. Yes, so pose your question. Call, please. My thing is what Dick Gregory said, we accepted education over liberation. That's what we did. George Washington didn't come here to get an education. He came here to get liberated. All those people that came here after we've been brought here. I'm just saying to you, do we not need to separate ourselves or challenge the education that they're giving our kids? Ask questions when you know it ain't the true history. Okay. Can I ask you one final question? One final question. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Have you read my book? I got your book right here, and I need okay, to get but you more haven't read it. Money. Have now, you I read it? I read the book. Okay, well, then I deal with that in the book. I say exactly what you said. We need our own education. I even quote Malcolm X, who said, and, uh, um, uh, 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 what people would allow their enemies to educate their, uh, their kids? No people, except I us. I do so, not disagree with you. And why don't we do that? It's because our minds are not oriented to do that yet. That's why mm-hmm. we need some kind of detoxification of our brains. Right. And who did that to our minds, Mr. Fox? Of course the crackers did. Of course the crackers did. And they, they continue to do it. And they will continue to do it until we do something differently. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the little baby? When you talk about, Carl talks about our kids hating our women. What about a long time ago when they had that young baby pick which was the good baby and which was the black? And she said the black baby. 
Look where we are today. You yeah, ask why no we don't like each other? That's that was my a whole point. There's no difference because we have not consistently protected um, um, the brains of, of of ourselves and of 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 our um, progeny. Uh, we don't even consider it to be an important issue. Um, that's why we haven't done it. Uh, right. we, we, and hold that thought right there, Dr. Fox. I'll let you finish your response. Michael, I thank you for your call. We've got to take a break here. I'll take our, and thanks for your call, Michael. to even pick up this book, this workbook, right. and, and do as I say, I, form these into blessedness groups. I'll let you get into that after we come back, Dr. Fox. We've got some more people who want to talk to you. It's 26 minutes away from the top. I'll be back in four minutes with Dr. Fox right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. Our guest is Dr. Jerome Fox, and many of you know him from his best-selling workbook, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, a shame-based alliance. We'll go back to Fox in a moment. Let me just remind you, tomorrow coming up, we're going to speak with Chairman Fred Hampton, also marketing expert Overton Wilkins will be here, and therapist Vicki Hayter is going to join us as well. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight right here on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're rolling on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Dr. Fox, I'm going to let you finish your thought then. Money Mike in Baltimore has a question for you. Okay, yeah, I think I, I pretty much was wrapping up that we, until we uh, uh, become more aggressive in protecting our minds and the minds of our children, um, this just is not going to change. And um, expecting or even so called demanding that white people do the right thing uh, has not changed our circumstances, will never change our circumstances, because they are not inclined to ever really do the right thing uh, with regard to us. And yet we have put all of our eggs in that basket of so-called marching and protesting. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be done, but uh, 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 that will never really liberate us. Um, They are not inclined to give us anything but the bare minimum to keep us invested in their wickedness, which we are completely invested in their wickedness. And that's why things are not changing. That's why our our children are jumping ship and saying, okay, by our own behavior, we're stating that that white value number one, that those people over there, including Trump, are better Mm. at doing whatever. And And we're saying that through our behavior and begging them uh, to um, uh, open up the door and let us into their wickedness. And our children see that, and they're just taking it a step further, unfortunately. Right. Dr. Ahead. Fox, 800-450-7876, line three. Money Mike's calling us from Baltimore. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Carl, can you hear me? Sure. You're on with Dr. Okay, Fox. Dr. Fox, I appreciate your commentary. Look, oh, last week, I made the comment that not everything on the farm gets to breed. And you, you said I left y'all out in left field. You didn't know where I was coming from. That's correct? I don't recall, but go ahead. 
Okay, well, everything on the farm doesn't get the breed. Dr. Fox, you alluded to it, and it might hurt some feelings, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. If you look at nature, everything in nature, just about everything in nature, looks for the male to be superior. And they, by selective breeding, they breed the best. I've raised pigeons. I've raised rabbits. I've raised shepherds. I've raised rockwellers. And I always breeded to build the best traits out of those individuals. And it might hurt some feelings, but the women control it. The women control it. And so we. Well, I don't. I don't see. You know, I. I'm. I'm with you up to a point. It's not just the women that control uh, uh, control the breeding. It's also the the male. We've been conditioned to blame. Uh, the women uh, uh, for the condition of the children, but obviously it takes two to tangle. That's why I don't believe, and I probably shouldn't say this, but just as you say, it's going to aggravate some people anyway. I don't believe in this slogan, my body, my choice. Not when it comes to a third body, that being the baby in your womb. Uh, since it took two people to make it, it should also take two people to de- decide whether or not the two of you are capable of rearing that child. So it's not just the women's responsibility or decision. It's also the male. And that's why I said people should be licensed um, um, to have children. And if you're not hooked up with the proper male, um, then that's a no-go. Right. All right, Mike, well, your response? I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you, but if you don't educate the women, everything we do, I'm going to be honest, everything we do as men is predicated on getting the woman. So the woman, that's what I'm saying. It, I, can't it reduce, I can't reduce our humanness, our, our manhood, well, and, and our human just on that. We have a responsibility as well. We cannot put that um, total burden on the women. We have a responsibility to be as concerned about the, uh, our, our ability to raise a kid as any woman should be concerned. But, Doctor, what I'm saying is if we don't have the proper male in, in that environment mm-hmm. to teach and structure the, the men that are coming up, to be responsible, to be dedicated to be fathers. That's what I'm saying. So it has to start with if you have a good pair, you can selectively breed a better pair. And some have to be called. Some have to be called. And people may not what called means. It means killed or not enabled to breed. But in right. I understand that. Let's give, I understand what you're let's saying. Let's give him a chance and to respond. Thanks, Mike. We're pretty much on, this, on the same wavelength. Um, the particular is I'm not going to spend time arguing about, but um, my my overall point is that, which I think is in complete agreement with you, is that uh, we shouldn't be bringing kids into this um, uh, uh, morass uh, that we are currently demonstrating that we that we don't have enough control over. Right. I'll tell you what, Doc. Our lives uh, are miserable. Our kids' lives are going to be miserable as well. So, right. to me, very selfish and irresponsible to bring a, a kid into your mess. 
You know, All right. oh, hold that thought right there, Doc, because we have a, uh, it's 14 away from the top now. Let's get a, a, a response from a woman on line two. Sister Leona's calling us from Michigan. Sister okay. Leona, good morning. Good morning, Brother Carl. Peace and greetings, everyone. Dr. Dr. Fox, I want, I want to ask you a question, if you don't mind, sir. In, in your book, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, a shame-based alliance, on, on page 38, you say here, uh, humility, not age is the path to wisdom and influences yes. you and and you also say humility not arrogance is the antidote to shame mm-hmm. could you elaborate on that a little bit humility okay. not arrogance is the antidote to shame yes uh see we we get ashamed um the basis of a lot a lot of shame is the thought that we're better than that so we did something that, um, uh, um, in a sense, does not represent or should not represent us, when it, the truth is is that we're not all that. Uh, we're imperfect. Um, so to, to humbly accept the fact that, no, I'm not the perfect, I'm not the perfect uh, 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 model uh, of of intelligence, of being a man or being a woman or or whatever makes us ashamed um, is is really the solution um, 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 uh, uh, to most of, of of our shame. Just accepting the fact that I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, or, or I even I, I'm about things that perhaps are not the best. Uh, for myself or uh, for for the people around me, uh, it's the first step to conquering shame, and and then, and then maybe after I uh, uh, accept the fact that I'm not perfect, then I can begin to deal with whatever I think should be modified in my behavior. But a lot of other people, when they feel ashamed, they start denying. Um, uh, uh, running away from it, denying it, whatever, uh, because they don't they don't want to face the fact of their imperfection. So being uh, humble about yourself and who you are, you're not all that. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. Is the first step to conquering shame. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'm I'm reading your book and uh, good. I'm glad uh, to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. More will be revealed. Thank you for your work, Doctor Fox. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sister Leona and Doctor Fox. We're, we're racing the clock here, so we got about two minutes. If you can tell us the five core white values that you say many blacks are addicted to. Okay, so the first one. These begin on page uh, nine, I believe. Uh, not at that page, but I think it's nine. Um, that and these values are frustrating our abilities to be free um, and blessed. Uh, that's why we get all caught up into uh, praising someone like a Trump or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, the first white value is everything uh, black is bad, everything white is good. A uh, big part of this. Uh, worship of Trump, by the way. Uh, white value number two, uh, um, uh, things are important um, above and beyond relationships. So we'll pursue and admire people who are rich, but who are really 
socially klutzes or or just evil people like a Trump, uh, because we're more are um, um, impressed uh, with the glitz and the the glitter that surrounds them. So that's white value number two. Uh, which also our young people's um, fascination with Trump uh, illustrates. Um, White value number three, white oppressors are trustworthy recorders and interpreters of history and reality. That's why we don't challenge their textbooks or their news, and that's why we don't build our own independent black schools for our kids. Uh, White value number four, individualism is better than collectivism. It's all about me. I got my uh, I can't worry about you getting yours. Um, um, that's white value number four. Um, white value number five. And, and, and by the way, with white value number four, I'll even kill you to get mine because I'm so unconcerned about you. Uh, uh, I have no, no sense of collectivism. It's, it's all about me going back to that narcissism, greed, and violence, by the way, uh, that the whole system is predicated on. This whole value system is predicated on. And finally, white value number five, uh, the best way I, uh, to feel good about myself is by surpassing you or, or outdoing or, or defeating you in some activity, achievement, or personal characteristic, uh, which keeps me in constant competition with you as opposed to uh, um, cooperation with you. Uh, this value present, uh, prevents unity. Uh, among us, which we need in order to succeed in this, this uh, psychological uh, battle uh, uh, with our enemy. All right, and and uh, the anecdote for these addiction for this addiction. It's basically, the opposite. Um, 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 uh, you know, if you if you have to go through the book to, to understand, but it's basically the opposite. The opposite to constant competition is cooperation and unity. So uh, we need to be emphasizing uh, unity and cooperation among uh, ourselves more than competing to get some kind of pat on the head uh, from our enemy. Um, Individualism, uh, same thing, versus collectivism. We need to operate more collectively. So in many instances, it's just the opposite. We need to value each other and our relationship with each other far above and beyond uh, money and the things that money can buy. That's white value number two. So basically, it's the opposite. All right, got you. Doc, we're out of time, but how can we get copies of your book? Uh, any bookstore, you can just ask them for it. It, uh, uh, it probably won't be in the bookstore, but they can order it. Um, or just go online to Amazon.com um, and buy the book. All right, thank you, Dr. Fox. Thank you for sharing this information with us this morning. All right, then. Thank you. Uh, That's Dr. Jerome E. Fox. Again, the title of the book is Addicted to White, the Oppressed in League with the Oppressor, a Shame-Based Alliance. Thank you, family. Thank you for the love this morning. We've got to get out of here. Stay strong. Stay positive. Please stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.